I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Yeah. What? Oh, did I not get your mic? Uh, what? Oh, there you go. Hey. So I said gentlemen and only turned up his microphone. It was appropriate. It did work. So, gentlemen, tonight we have kind of a uh, little sneak peek preview or sneak show. We uh, Can we call it a sneak attack? A sneak attack, sneak man. Attack. We got ninjaed by Mike Wittenberg. Uh, Mike, longtime skydiver, visiting the DZ. I hit him up this week, said, hey, man, uh, love to have you on the show next time you're in town. I can do Sunday night, bro. <laughs> Make it happen, man. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, I can't thank you enough. A lot of our friends pass through and say, yeah, next time I'll do it. And I sure. thank you because you said yes to that. And then you threw this at us and, and made it happen. So thank you, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Real quick, I got to pay some bills. I got to take care of a little bit of business. And Go I do it. have to say this show tonight's brought to you by Velocity Sports Equipment. Velocity makes infinity rigs. Absolutely my favorite rig, most comfortable rig I've owned and I've jumped. Check out VelocityRigs.com. Go to your local dealer. Hit up Riley at VelocityRigs.com, VSE at VelocityRigs.com, and mention Gravity Lab Radio. You'll get a free mesh back pad upgrade. They'll hook that up for free, but you got to mention it in the special instructions. Nick, how soon before that new Infinity shows up? That's a really good question. Uh, I was just there, and I might know. What? Nah, you're... I, you I don't know, know anything. I, don't. I know I don't you don't know, know anything. anything. <laughs> no, Riley and I have still been going uh, back and forth with the design. Yeah? Because she didn't want to let me get away with, like, just me? something I could design <laughs> by myself. So she spiced it up with uh, with all the embroidery, and we just kind of agreed on something. But uh, who knows? One of the most customizable customizable rigs you can get, and Riley has really done a great job up in that level, taking it to the next level and taking care of business. So, guys, check out uh, VelocityRigs.com. Mention Gravity Lab Radio. Get a free mesh back pad. Back to business, Mike. Yes. Sorry, man. Just no, no, zone no. Zone out. Pay it up. Pay the bills. Dude, got to take care of business and, re- and respect those who've helped us. For sure. Uh, Mike, a lot of our friends know who you are, and a lot of them don't. Yeah. So what do you, who are you? You skydive. Yeah. What do you do? I like to skydive. <laughs> How long have you been jumping, man? Um, Let's see, probably about 18 years, maybe six, 16 and a half thousand jumps, something like that. <laughs> 16 and a half thousand? Yeah, yeah. something like that. And so, but 18 years because it says so on my, no, actually 19, I think, on okay. my new uh, USBA card. So 19 years, almost 20 years in the sport. Yeah. 16,000 skydives. Yeah. And, and I don't want to dwell too much on your history because sure. your presence is Neither just do I. wonderful. <laughs> but, but for sure, it's good to go back. Your presence is wonderful, or your present is wonderful, and I really kind of sneak peek to everybody. Two big things we'll talk about tonight is, number one, uh, speed flying is a huge passion of yours. For sure. And your other passion are your children. Yep. Uh, Noah and Kylie, did I get that right? Kaylee. Kaylee. But everybody butchers it, so it's <laughs> quite quite all right. I actually had to ask Nick a few minutes ago, what's yeah. his daughter's name? It's, t- it's hard to, uh, Kaylee. It's, it's hard for people to get that. They're your, your next biggest passion, which yeah. you share speed flying, but also tunnel flying with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're about to do what, those two? Um, now they're, well, let's see, I get back tomorrow and we start training for Bahrain. Even though we've been training, we've had a little bit of time off. So they're going to go full bore for the next, uh, eight, nine weeks. What's happening in Bahrain? Uh, the world cup. 
World Cup of Indoor Skydiving. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now you have, and you talked. We talked about this a minute ago. You've had this wonderful passion for flying since you've emerged on the scene. Uh-huh. You've made a name for yourself quick enough that I've watched you. Oh, thank um, you. You were supposed to actually uh, um, LO at an event in Marco Island, Florida, that got canceled. In 2003, that got canceled. Some dude like ran into the, uh, flew into a power electri- lines. on the first load, right? Um, so the load that we, so the drop zone, I mm-hmm. worked at the drop zone. Okay. Uh, we're from Indiana. We do a load rem- on the, wow, you're I, dropping this on me. That, okay, I remember that. <laughs> we did a load on the beach to show the police and the fire marshal <laughs> and everything that we can do this safely. Mm-hmm. And on that jump, some dumbass named DJ Marvin hooked it in on the beach and tore his calf muscle. Really? I, I walked it off. Oh, that, car, oh okay. that that started with me, and they're like, you know what? That wasn't bad. We'll let you guys go. We'll be okay. Uh-huh. So the first official day, the first load, some chick lands in power lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in a freaking CVS picking up my pain kill, pain pills for a torn calf muscle. Yeah. And my buddy, the DZO kid, goes, "Oh shit! Somebody just did. I know it." Yeah. And the whole thing got shut down. Yeah. So that really was supposed to be my first chance to meet you. Yep. And that uh, was yeah, that was a while ago, huh? That was two thousand three. Huh? Oh three when I'm yeah yeah. Uh, Started dating my wife in 03, so 04. Yeah, okay. It would be uh, early 04. I do remember that. I was with my wife at the time as well. Yeah. I don't know if we were married yet, but um, yeah. So watching you have this passion for skydiving, I followed this. Mm-hmm. I watched I'm like, oh, who's this Mike Wimberg guy? Oh, dude, he's pretty shredder. Oh, thank you. Your passion for flying was huge. Your passion for your children's flying, that's what it's really turned into for you. Yeah. I mean, I still really enjoy flying as well. Like uh, the past week's been great. I've been really actually... Uh, the past two months, pretty busy with uh, skydive work. So, uh, but it's kind of how I like to do it. Uh, just, I got a three month real busy season, and then I like to go do every other things because I spend so much time in the industry. It's nice to uh, go back, jump a whole lot, get current, go do a bunch of events, and then go George, enjoy Chicago, and then go enjoy France. And we're always in the tunnel as well. So it's been it's been a real good balance this year. We definitely need to figure out where all this ties into, but I want people to know more of that history for one second. You, you started skydiving 18, 19 years ago. Yeah. What was your first love or passion? Belly flying, free flying? Well, all of, almost all my jumps, aside from uh, <clears throat> 100 AFF jumps maybe, all of them have been free fly. So uh, I've never done anything in the sport but free fly. And you started with teams pretty quickly. I was lucky enough. And that's, uh, I think that's a huge part. I met my teammate, I think, when I had, I was at uh, CSC, and I met my teammate, Matt Fleche, and we did jumps from number 300 to 3,000 together. Jeez. And at the time, the big event was uh, three-way free fly, so mm-hmm. we did two ways, basically, two and three ways. I, I think up until then, I did like 300 ball jumps or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, just me and him and uh, camera flyers, and we just went full bore all the way through Worlds, like, which was really lucky because that's, you that's don't really huge. get that. Yeah, and it, it made skydiving really fun as well. It's, uh, A, the learning curve, jumping with the same dude over and over again. Yeah. You learn to read each other, so you learn to fly better. Yeah. What was the team name back then? Loki. I Loki. do remember yeah. that. Yeah. I uh I did three way free fly back in those days. Uh-huh. Somebody had to come in last. Represent right <laughs> there here, you man. Go. <laughs> uh, I was hey, not. We didn't do much better on Loki. <laughs> I was not on, but you remember Psycho Circus? Yes. And they were out at Elsinore in the late nineties. What were their names? I do. Uh, Heath Richardson. Who yeah. Went on the PD Factory yep. team. Oh, 
Paula is engaged to Heath. Yes, I just, I just found that out. With him, I just found that out. And she said to say hello. I, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was just, Paula, hello. I was just talking, <laughs> I was just uh, asking about you. And uh, yeah, that's great. Congratulations on getting engaged. Engaged or married? Uh, they're engaged. Engaged. He just proposed. And yeah. uh, we're hoping a spring wedding, maybe. Oh, I say awesome. we're because they're making me do stupid stuff for them. That's cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Heath was insane. I remember totally looking up to that dude and... It was awesome. Yeah, now now he's a, he was a gnarly shredder. Now he's the chief pilot in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So in those days, I did a, a uh, three-way free flight team. We were nitwits or freak show. Started with a joke name because we wanted not to be taken serious. Right. Actually did okay and changed it to freak show because Psycho Circus, free, it matched. Yeah. From um, Loki, where did you go next? What was the next skydiving stuff? <sighs> um, I took a year off and swooped and uh, trained a whole lot. Um, made the U.S. team, trained with, like, when Nick was coming up, me and Nick used to go down to Lake Wales and rent out uh, little Cessnas mm -hmm. together, Troy Church. We actually crashed a Cessna. I we got in a plane crash. Um, and then, so I swooped for about a year, and then uh, four-way VFS was coming along, and I was uh, lucky enough to get on Mandarin with uh, Kyle Stark and... John Pinion, who is like my favorite team, like John Pinion's like the coolest guy in the world. Like he's he's not skydiving anymore. He's up in Atlanta, like nicest guy in the world. And uh, yeah, so we did, we did Mandarin for a while, and that was in the first VFS Nationals, and we were able to win that. And then we just kept battling uh, Arsenal for like six years or something like that, and then that turned into standard, and. Uh, Yep, and that was right up all the way through till when I went to Dubai. Man, if if you're listening to the show, the history of team names you just said, dude, it's you're you're saying these things and been doing this 21 years now. I've just I've followed right behind or right ahead of you and I followed this. Mm -hmm. Man, those are the fucking gangsters of free fly. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was good places and good teammates and uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, there's some OG free flyers out there that might not be them, but those are the OG team. This is when three-way free fly artistic got great. This is when VFS got great. Right, right. When he says standard, Chicago standard. Who was on Chicago standard when you were there? That was uh, Rook and Mickey and Will and Dalton. Dalton, our teammate. Man. Uh, camera flyer. Yeah, all complete shredders. Absolutely some, some of the best there ever was. Yeah. And from there, you go to Dubai. When, when do you move to Dubai? I gotta say that was 2011, I think. Man, Dubai's been that hot. Was that hot for that long? Yeah, I mean, it was five years, huh? So it was, uh, yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Right around 2011, we went to Dubai. So what, what was the scene like in Dubai before you got there? Like, what, what was the draw <coughs> for you? It was, I went over there originally to uh, coach a four-way team that was uh, starting out. And, um, and then I just, like, I knew, like, like as soon as I went there, it was pretty crazy. Like I knew like how it was growing, and it, like I think at the start of it, anytime you can kind of see that there's no limits, right? And uh, mm -hmm. the prince was definitely interested in it, so there were no limits. So it seemed like the uh, a really good spot to be in. So I don't know how many people know the history of of the prince and and how things started out there. Sure. So maybe you can talk about why why the drop zone was. Such a big deal, as nice as it was. Yeah, I mean, he was a really cool guy, and uh, not to talk too much in the past, but he uh, he's a super nice guy. Like, still is. I shouldn't speak uh, past tense, but he just loved skydiving and uh, had a lot of funding and wanted to see cool stuff happen. And uh, that ex whole experience was amazing. Even, you know, start to finish, 
you know, it's a shame it kind of uh, went bad, but he got out of it. And, you know, if, if you're paying the bills and you're not into it anymore, it's stuff's, you know, not going to, you know, happen. That's completely, you know, normal. So uh, thank them. It was a perfect wave and next next chapter. But it was amazing. It was an amazing time. It, it was certainly amazing as, as skydivers to watch because I never got involved. A lot of friends mm-hmm. go through there. But what we saw as a sport, this dude with a shitload of money is super excited about the sport and wants to throw all his money at it. Mm. The whole sport won for it. Guys like you won because you got to go live this dream. Yeah. But then you guys inspired other people and people became better and people became better. Right. Well, it was kind of, you know what it is? It's kind of like and I, uh, my uh, one of my coaches, Chris Talbert. What's up, Chris? Um <laughs> You know, I used to be so jealous of hearing Chris's story about the Golden Knights. Like, I remember when we were on Mandarin, I was just so, I was like, what do you mean you can just sit in the Fort Bragg tunnel? Like, and he's like, yeah, we just sit there and fly it when we wanted to fly, you know? And I was just like so blown away by, you know, the Golden Knights funding, you know? And at the end of the day, Dubai was just, it was a country, you know? Like, it was, we were funded by the country, you know? technically speaking sort of you know so it was this you know it was just basically like there's teams out there like belgium and stuff like that that were just funded now granted we probably had some more um you know more opportunities because maybe there was a little more funding and less red tape and maybe sometimes a conversation would send you to france or whatever um (laughs) you know but it was you know it was a skydive team that was backed by a government you know and skydive team, uh, man, I'm gonna butcher Mac- Mac- Malktum. Malktum, yeah, Malktum? that was his last name. Okay, I've always wondered, and you obviously hear it a lot. What's Malktum? Mac- yeah, Malktum. That was his last name. So it was like Bush Racing, you know, like something, you know. Yeah, yeah, makes complete sense. So these whole years, I see this name out there, Malktum team. It's not really a, a competitive team as much as it is a fun team out there pushing and innovating. Yeah, and we didn't want to. Like I was really didn't want to compete. Like I'd competed so long, I just. I never liked competing. After, like, the first time I won, I never really liked it that much. Yeah. I always thought it was, uh, like, I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. It, interesting. We're, we're actually, in a couple of weeks, going to have Spaceland Light here, and they're mm-hmm. a four-way open competitive team, and they mm-hmm. love competing. And, sure. and to each their own. Yeah. Um, to some people, competing is the end-all, be-all of why they skydive. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I'm shocked to hear a guy like you who's like, man, after I did it once, I was, that was good. Well, I mean, I competed for... I mean, years. One. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Like maybe, it, maybe it's like getting to the top of the hill, and then you realize it actually was the journey, or maybe you expected more. Or, uh-huh. But realistically, I think I came from a different background, like a snowboard background, and it was more about learning tricks and being creative, and not like, like I was always grew up watching snowboard videos. So like that's all I did is just like I was super like I always wanted to be a, like I was semi pro snowboarder, but not really. I mean, I was I was really good and like did some pro comps or whatever. But you know, like to create like cool stuff for video was always the way in snowboarding. You know, until it became big in the Olympics. So I just like I don't know. I got into skydiving and I thought it was super badass. Like I I used to watch Chronicles and all that stuff, and I remember seeing like. The FS dudes in the corner, you know, and like I was just young and I was like, I definitely want to free fly, you know, and then I like five years turned away and then I was walking, taking notes, you know, like writing down all the, you know, it was very, it's very more structured. Yeah. You know, so then I was excited about, you know, Dubai to just kind of create. 
But then in retrospect, what's funny now is now dynamic is turning into that as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's because it's a competition, like it's yeah. no longer now that's just as structured as anything else. We're taking notes and stuff like that on lines and stuff. So anytime it becomes a competition, it definitely becomes very focused and structured. It's uh, free-flying early on. It's artistic. That's all we had. Yeah, yeah. And we loved it, and the tighter it got, the more difficult it got, the more it did lose competitors. Yeah, it did. And because people got fed up with, you know, the judging or whatever, that's always the way. But I guess that was, like, our whole thing is, like, well, who cares what five judges think? Why not just show it to people and be done with it? And then, like, in the three-way, you'd have to do a routine, like, 800 times, you know, 800 jumps. Mm-hmm. And then, like, why not, if you get it once, why not just, like, if you don't care what judges think, why not just put it out there and then move on? It seems like more of a cre- a better way to create, you know, than getting it perfect for five judges. But, in, you know, I'm being hypocritical because, like, we're about ready to go to train something, you know, with the kids just as much. So there's two sides to that, you know. For sure, man. Our, our uh, When we were competing super early, late 90s, there was no variety bonus. Right. So the last comp we did, the last, like, two months prior to the comp, we did the same jump over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, for sure. Over. Huh? No variety bonus. Yeah. We did five rounds of the same jump. Yeah. After the fifth round... One of the uh, guys running the meet, one of the guys in the show is like, hey, man, you guys know there's no variety bonus. You're talking about switching routines. Why? Yeah. And said and done, we were, they, everybody said these guys placed because they kept getting better the entire meet, and mm-hmm. it was what, what won it for them. Mm-hmm. God damn, it was, I hated that routine. Yeah. I remember, uh, dude, it was nine, 2000 the last time I did it, and I remember it. I'm not very good at it, but mm-hmm. I remember it well. Yeah, those are the grinding days, huh? Yeah, man. Like, that's what, yeah, there were... Uh, Days where you just jumped and jumped and jumped and 20 jumps a day training. and It's one of the things I enjoyed about watching you boys this week, man, and, and you flew with a lot of our friends, Cody Edgeworth, hanging out with us tonight. Nick, you joined yeah. him as well. Is There was a lot of structure to what y'all were doing, but it was free-flown structure. Like, y'all were talking, so we should do this. Oh, well, what about this? Yeah, yeah. Very artistic, very flowy, yeah. and, and I love what you guys are doing now. Yeah, it was super, it was super great week, man. I really enjoyed coming out. I really enjoyed everybody that I jumped with. It was great because Cody set up where, you know, we got to jump with some of the locals peoples for the first four days and got to meet everybody. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, see, I haven't been to this place since nationals in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seeing Stevie and Trent again is amazing and seeing, you know, the drop zone's great, you know, it looks amazing. So it's, uh, yeah, it was great, great week. It's nice actually to come here and chill afterwards, huh? It's like we just finished our last day of jumping, so it's like whew, we got a five a.m. flight tomorrow. Yeah, it was back a, home. You guys were humping, humping today. So yeah. we're back in in Dubai. Yeah. And when did you have your kids? Were you in Dubai? Was this prior? No, I had uh, Kaylee was two thousand four, and uh, yeah, so they were they were both born, and they were probably five. And Noah was like, I think Noah was five. He was five years old, and so that would have put Kaylee at eight. So Noah really didn't remember much of his childhood. You know, he remembered more wow. of Dubai than he did of the States. So this kid's memories are, I grew up with a prince. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, they've been to like 29 different countries, I think. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's been a pretty surreal uh, thing. But they're really grounded about it. They're, uh, you would never, ever know that talking to them. You know a lot about the Cavaliers and LeBron James. And if you had a conversation with my son, you know a lot about basketball, a lot about football. 
You'd know zero about speed riding, <laughs> wind tunnel flying, or any other countries. <laughs> Kudos to you for keeping that balance because, man, the kid grew up playing with princes and princesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he grew up as one of them because that's who his homies were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was on a team that was, uh, you know, they were on the first little kids team together, which was really cool and enjoyable. Like, that was insane. And, yeah, so they traveled. He won the first... In Singapore, there was a world championship, and he won as a junior at five. It was like we got like really cute like shots of him, you know, five years up, going up and getting medals, and you know, I think he won like three grand that on that in tunnel time at five, <laughs> five years yeah, old. Yeah. Man, if you're watching this on Facebook Live right now, Nick Lott, Mr. P, is playing some videos from Aspire. Um, let's see. Yeah, this is a video that uh, I put together for. Oh yeah. For these guys. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And, and man, dude, I can say every time I watch them fly, even when it's stuff I've filmed, I think, why are they playing it like in fast forward? Uh, <laughs> you know? And like the first time I ever filmed them fly was at the competition in the Woodlands uh -huh. here. And I remember looking through my camera and I was watching watching them fly through the viewfinder in my camera, thinking to myself, like, why am I speeding this up right now? Yeah. yeah. And that's just the way that they move. It's so crazy. So wait a minute. All this video playing right now is at regular speed. Regular speed. I didn't speed yeah. any of it up. So yeah. I'm looking over your shoulder, Mike, and I can see your kids on the far right screen. Oh, okay, that's, I can see it. That's a live shot. And I thought this was fast forwarded footage. Man, I remember Yeah, they're zippy. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously they compete about against the best people in the world and we got a we're actually like on pace now. We've been doing a lot of training, but they I think they look fat they, there's something about their size. They they they're zippy. You know, they look extremely extremely fast. They can move the same it's kind of like watching a small car go by you versus a large plane. Yeah. I worked at a civilian contractor for the military. And we would sit in the crotch of the runway and watch an F-16 take off, and it's screaming. And watch a C-5 take off, and it's not moving. Sure. And there were days we'd watch them fly together, and it made you. It kind of gets that, like, the small thing looks faster yeah, than the yeah. big thing. Yeah, yeah. It definitely looks quicker. So these kids now, they're flying in the tunnel. This is really Dubai is where they... They, they started, yeah. Okay. They're, um, it was... Well, yeah. I mean, not to go back, but that's the... Yeah, the Prince actually... Uh, it was weird. I was. <laughs> this is the crate. This is a pretty interesting story. I'll tell this story. So I was uh, working with them on uh, turning a three, an accordion, you know, head down, and uh, I was trying to teach him how to head switch, you know, on the three. And uh, he was such so nice to my family, you know. And Kaylee was flying in the tunnel, and I was gone. And um, Kaylee was in there flying that night, and she was just on her back. She was only back flying, and then. Um, she, you know, I had worked with Kaylee on head switching as you're doing back over unders, you know, and I guess Highness saw that. And, uh, like the next day he came running up to, and Julie, my wife said like, Highness was really like impressed with Kaylee <laughs> or something, something to that matter. And then, so the next day he came running up, which is like, you know, like pretty, like, I was like, Oh, what, what does he want? You know? And yeah. he's like, I, I saw your daughter. She can do the head switch. And he's like, you're going to fly her. As much as she can, she's going to be a world champion. And he, like, grabbed some people that can make that happen, so to speak. And he was like, Kaylee will fly as much as she wants, <laughs> you know? And that was kind of like the head switch that opened up the door to uh, <laughs> all the uh, training and, and whatnot. As cool as all that is, how cool is it to see this prince make a big deal about your daughter? Yeah, it was great. I mean, but he was that – he's super nice, man. Like, yeah. he was uh, – yeah, I mean – 
I'd never, yeah, he was a super nice guy. But you still got to take some pride in your own daughter because that was the big deal was your daughter. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now this door opens up, your kids start flying in the tunnel. How old are they when they really get active in the tunnel? Well, the next day. <laughs> I mean, what, what you know, when the, when the when the when the shot, you know, the sun shines, you know, you gotta you gotta go Make for it. it. So, yeah, I mean, we, you know, Micah, who uh, was on our team, um, me and Micah, and sometimes Greg, we would come uh, in the mornings before. We would love to fly as well. So my wife was, we were training the kids in the morning before we would go in to train, and uh, we would fly in the morning, and then we would train the kids. And, uh, yeah, we would just, we got them on their head right away. And, you know, it was really cool. It was a real good experience too. Cause it was, uh, you know, with the young kids, we, me and Micah actually trained a lot of the kids, um, like, you know, and it's a lot of other people did there too, but, uh, yeah. you know, it was just kind of cool working with, you know, the other two kids that were on that team and it, you know, we kind of, Micah was a super creative guy and, uh, we were able to. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it was a tunnel with no instructors, really, you know, that, like, there was no set of rules. So, you know, we could just flip them, <laughs> you know, just pick them up and, and you know, <laughs> use different techniques to, to fast track them. It's got to be interesting. Well, you know, I don't have tons of tunnel time experience. I'm not an instructor. I fly there a bit. But having no rules, A, as the instructor, but B, the ability to hold me in the sky and flip me or in the tunnel versus a right, how right. old are your kids at this point? Yeah, moment? five and seven. So super easy to just manhandle them. Yeah, yeah. And man, so many. What speed when you first at this age at that time? What speed are they flying? Well, now when we work with the little kids, which we do in Naperville and stuff, we do start them super slow, and um, we start them probably at like fifty percent. We try to teach them slow speed, you know, like right from the get go, mm-hmm. and really try to not teach head down for a long, long time. You know, we try to teach layouts on the belly and back and stuff like that. So it's because uh, now we work with kids that are five and, you know, seven, two. So it's definitely, uh, you know, we try to definitely push the dynamic line more than, you know, the head down. But sometimes the kid just wants to fly head down. So, uh, you know, you put them on their head and they check that list and then they realize they can't, excuse me, carve around or anything like that. So then they realize they want to go back. The sitting still is really boring. Yeah. You know, they want to <laughs> move around and stuff like that. So it works good. Now, when you did this with your kids, obviously uh, not as modern. You would do, there was a lot of learning of flying kids at this point. You guys were pioneers when it comes to this. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were kids elsewhere. Yeah, but yeah, we were definitely... You uh, pushed new limits, though. Well, with the kids that we had, yeah, because they had a lot of time available. And it was really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, when we were in Singapore, there was probably uh, not many kids doing four-way vertical yeah, we had them oh. doing four-way VFS, little chain gangs and stuff like that. I mean, they were really small at the time. It was fun to watch. I, I, you know better than any of us how much, how many video views you guys got because you guys were dropping video on the interwebs, and we would go to the DZ next day, and the entire – I remember sitting with Stephen Boyd going, look at Wittenberg's kids, dude. Look at this shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, yeah. very uh, humbling to hear. It's, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> what kind of – What's the max speed that they could comfortably fly at those sizes? Did you get them up to 90, 100? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Kaylee actually, yeah, she won another $3,000 for turning up the tunnel in Dubai, like full speed on a competition just for flying. But she was really small. Like, it was pretty intense. At the time, I wouldn't have let Noah do it. Like, he was too much of a space cadet, but, like, Kaylee's a little more focused. 
Like he would just like belly out or something. At He's a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. So now they've been flying in the tunnel for how many years? Um, uh, it's got to be. Uh, Damn. Maybe five, okay, five. Yeah. So seven, seven, uh, six and a half years, six years. I hate to make you do math in your yeah, old I know age. exactly. How old are you? Getting old. I think I'm forty-two. Okay. I used to make. I'm forty-four. Uh-huh. I used to make fun of my dad. How old are you, dad? Uh, how the fuck do you not how old? Yeah. What that? Come on, dad. I get it today. Oh my, yeah, my kids definitely know it. No, throughout sounds like that's a case of being old, dad. <laughs> you know, like they definitely give it to me. Yeah. So now they're flying. They're flying regularly, and Nick still has got some footage of them. And guys, if you're only watching this on Facebook, you got to check out I Fly Aspire. Is that, am I getting? Yeah, that yeah, that'd be great. P- check, great plug. check them out, dude. Like, yeah, there, there's anyone who's watching on Facebook right now. There's a link in the uh, description to their to their Facebook page. It, oh, cool. It's been very hard talking to you through some of because I'm sure you notice I keep getting distracted by these little shredders. Oh yeah, that's great. And, and, and they look, uh, they they just look so precise, so sharp, and. And it's amazing because I remember when I was 13 years old, I could learn a foreign language really easy. Today, I can't tie my shoes. I got like got like elastic bungee things just because I can't do anything new anymore. Right, right. So yeah, watching, I'm trying to learn French. It's brutal. <laughs> oh man, watching these these young sponges get it is pretty badass. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of you know. I guess the only way I've kind of like know how to train is to train the way you train for you know. So we, I mean, we just trained them that way, you know. That's all they've known is, is yeah. That's all they know, you know. And they're, I mean, but they're also like think about like you know they're getting picked up from school, like from me and Micah and like I remember fat. I remember one time like Micah, Fabian, and myself had to pick up the kids from school and take them to the wind tunnel, you know. And I just remember like okay, you got Micah, Fabian. <laughs> like, what do you think is going to happen to these kids? You yeah. know what I mean? They're like this getting is who you're brought out. With. Yeah, they're getting brought out to the wind tunnel by you know them. So. By a bunch of bunch of guys having a good time, yeah, yeah, teaching them to enjoy life, yeah, and that's that's the neat thing is you see so many kids raised in a disciplined lifestyle uh, of, then there's a lot of discipline to their flying, but then those kids end up being uptight. They don't know how to have fun, play the flute every day, all day, do this, do basketball, do whatever their sport is, and in your kid's case, they've got that balance of not just flying but of life. Like, yeah, like you said, Noah wants to talk about football and basketball more than yeah. anything. Well, it's funny that we, you know, like I don't necessarily push grades that much, even though grandma and grandpa wouldn't be happy about that. But I think it's the reverse, you know, like they're super all A's and B's. So they, you know, like they're and they're very concerned about their grades because we homeschool them for uh, three, three semesters. Uh, three semesters they're in public school and then we homeschool them. So, but like they're very concerned about their grades, you know, and it's, I think that's like, you know, my dad wanted me to go to college like really bad. And mm-hmm. so of course that you take that anti, <laughs> anti view, you know, like I'm like, come on, let's go to France. Let's go to France. And Katie's like, Hey, I got schoolwork. I got <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that's one thing I've really noticed. Like with talking to your kids, man, you're raising really great kids. Uh, it seems like you've coached them on a lot more than, than just flying. Like their, their people skills. I mean, really great manners, like as far as you see a lot of kids these days who you can tell don't have a lot of discipline and a lot of structure. Sure. And uh, man, those are not your kids. So you're, uh, doing, you're doing a great job. Thanks, man. That's really appreciated for sure. Yeah, they uh, yeah, they're great. Yeah. What what keeps them driven? What do you think keeps them motivated? Why do they like flying? 
you know, it's weird because I think somebody asked me that today, and there was a big time Noah did not like it. You know, like he didn't. But I was just kind of like somebody asked me something that, and uh, they're really into it now. Like they're into it more, and now everything's easy. Like there's just like training's easy. It's the easiest. I always say like I had twenty six teammates in the course of my, and you know like a teammate is like a wife huh yeah and like that was one of the things after dubai i'm like i finally just get my wife you know one <laughs> you wife know? And yeah, one yeah, wife. yeah and these kids are the last team i ever want to be on and um but now it, like it's just easy because they both want it like themselves you know especially kaylee with her freestyle and uh yeah it's super easy do, they, do you feel like the competition between the two of them drives that at all uh n no they're actually really close they there is competition like if one gets better and the, and we have had that where i'm like wow you know noah's better than kaylee now and then all of a sudden whoa kaylee's way better than noah tricks now which i never thought you know so they definitely push each other like that but uh you know and as man i the past like you know year of training they haven't really even fought that much you know like it's been really it's really smoothed out i think they're getting more focused and it's uh Super easy. Is there is there something that they usually fight about? Like, is there a common common theme to their arguments? One time, Kaylee got mad at Noah, and it was like the most amazing thing because he was in the tunnel, like, and Kaylee like hopped in the door, like did a flip, and like kicked him in the face, <laughs> and like and then like flew out all graceful. But she was furious, and I was just like, I was like, first off, that was amazing. <laughs> I like couldn't even like, and then second, you're grounded. <laughs> and go, you know, like. So it was on purpose. Oh, yeah, it was on purpose, but it was a very stylish kick. Uh, so <laughs> but it was really amazing. And yeah, but that's a hard moment to be upset yeah, when yeah. your kid does this amazing <laughs> yeah, thing. I was like, how did she even do that? You're grounded. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the first year there's been a couple blow-ups, but, uh, I mean, just like every team. But uh, for the most part, they really get along. We haven't started the grinding out yet. Ask me in four weeks after we've <laughs> started to yeah. grind out the training. What was the last competition that they participated? Uh, U.S. Nationals. We had a lot of comp. Man, we went. We did France, Win Games, Japan, and U.S. Nationals all this year. So, uh, and then Bahrain will be five comps in five different countries. So that was. Uh, You've done those four this year. It's July. It's uh, it's. August. Yeah, and they all it's came right away. They came like January, February, Win Games, and then March, Japan, and then right in April. So we've actually had a little bit of time off now i get a little lost with the tunnel world I'm, I'm not nearly as connected so i know forgive my ignorant question here how did they do at each one of those meets they did man within inches of every you know they're always up there so and the way the brackets work uh they've qualified second like i think every time in the qualifiers and kaylee got second in freestyle they got third in win games and medaled and these are all open comps and then in Japan, we wound up in fourth. So we've been in the final four, you know, because these battles, yeah, yeah. so they're battles. So we've been in the final four in every comp. And then we won U.S. Nationals for the second time. So they're two-time U.S. Open national champs. And Kaylee won freestyle in and open. They're not competing with children. They're no, no, open. grown-ass yeah. men, open, yeah. and women. Yeah, so they've made the final four every comp. Yeah, every single comp they've made the final four. In 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 all the world comps, so it's we're real close. Like we're real close, 
and uh, some of them are uh, boy. Some some of them you maybe would complain about. Some of them you wouldn't. But uh, we're knocking at the door. We're real close. That's so badass because there's quite a few sports out there where I understand children don't compete with adults. And there's quite a few sports I understand that women and men don't compete together for various reasons. Call it sexist or not, but MMA, they argue women should fight with men. I don't agree. Sure. The fucking wind tunnel, the sky, the air, it doesn't matter their age. It doesn't matter their Some people would argue that they have an advantage. I always think they have a disadvantage. Um, You know, it's up for debate. I think it got kind of fixed in Japan because they were, you know, there was a lot of wind speed and, uh, you know, they weren't the fastest, so I think that uh, kind of helped the, their cause or whatever. Because jo- uh, the the older guys have always, Josh, uh, the Vipers have so far always been the fastest. You know, they've always been the fastest team. So I think it's hard to argue that they have a leg up um, so in that. But only time will tell. I know this. If a 12-year-old ever beats those kids, I will shake their hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a different set of... Uh, there's a different set of... Uh, you know, there's there's more to it than wind speed. You know, they always say, like, you know, to be a champion, you have to go through some heartaches and, and get there. And, you know, like if a 12-year-old can hold it together and win a world comp, I think they they have more that they're battling than that they're benefiting from. You know what I mean? Than, uh, than a seasoned – or there are seasoned competitors already, but just from an, uh, the mind of an adult. From a matured – Yeah, from a mature. So, like – if Kayla and Noah are 17 and still flying and the little 12-year-old beats them, I'm going to be like, for sure, hats off. So It's hard at 12 to tie your shoes, let alone, <laughs> you know, win a finals. I couldn't finish my homework at the age of 12. I can't do it at 44 either. Yeah. So one of the things you say is it's an advantage-disadvantage. And help me, and I want to make sure I understand this right. Some people argue it's an advantage because they're lighter, higher yeah. winds they can manipulate sure, faster is absolutely. the argument. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's true to an extent for sure. I also think there's, you know, it's a one-sided argument basically. Like they're the youngest, well, the Singapore kids have grown now, so they're pretty much the same size. So, you know, there's, it's basically all the big guys argue <laughs> against one thing, but I always, but they're not the fastest, you know, Josh and, uh. Andrew are the fastest. And who is Josh and Andrew? They're on the uh, Vipers. Yeah, it's Poland, right? Um, yeah, they're on Poland. And uh, they've been the fastest. So, I mean, I think that kind of throws stuff out the window. And then you say, so A, it throws it out the window because people who are bigger are flying faster. Yeah. And B, you said Japan pro- helped pr- prove it. And because the airspeed is faster. They, ha- they just had unlimited airspeed. So, basically, you know, the argument was, you know, well, the kids have more airspeed, but then, you know, there's definitely a, a threshold. You know, the kids have never used 100% of the tunnel just because we, we know that at, at a certain time you turn up the airspeed and as you're doing the layout, you go too high. So, but I think that I think people are, you know, I don't even know if it's really worth, you know, I, I think it's pretty settled. I think people are. Yeah, I, I heard the argument definitely early on, and I think over time people. I think early on it was an argument, but it was more of a question, and I would have legitimized yeah, the yeah, question. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think people are starting to go, wait a minute. Think about this question. Well, you know, like Randy Connell, I think, made a good point when I was talking to him during something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Randy Connell <laughs> made a good point. <laughs> I, I, I digress. Well, he said, uh, I think he was, you know, he was comparing dynamic flying to ultimate Frisbee, and he was like, well, it's four, ultimate Frisbee's like 42 years old now, like the world championships. And you think about, 
Like that seemed like a new sport to me, ultimate frisbee, right? And it's way more popular and like dynamic finds like six, seven years. So of course, you know, everybody that does that stuff is so driven and, you know, all led by passion. So seven years into it, you're it's gonna keep changing. And and everything's critical early on because we don't understand anything. Sure. And we have to be critical if we're gonna grow. Yeah. And everybody's trying to do the right thing, you know. So now your kid's coming up to Bahrain. When when is Bahrain? Uh, October nineteenth. October nineteenth. And if people want to follow Aspire, uh, yeah, the Facebook page would be great. Yeah, I fly Aspire. Just search for that, and you can follow them there. And is Instagram, Instagram, as well. yeah. definitely check that out. And guys, at the end, uh, if you're listening to the podcast in the show notes, look on your screen on your phone right now, and you'll actually see that we'll have a link to their Facebook and a link to their Instagram page, so you can check it out right away. We'll include a couple others because there's there's some more things we want to talk about here. Sure. Um, the, uh, Bahrain, is this vi- I notice a lot of tunnel comps now are being aired somewhere like on Facebook. Yeah, the, most of them always do a live stream now. Uh-huh. And the program's getting better. Huh? It's growing now. Huh? I think Windor does the uh, best uh, live stream. I, and I know in Spain it's like actually on TV channels and stuff like that. I, so. I actually played their uh, their routine from Windor. Oh, okay. And I just want you to know when they did that hugging flip twist, Yeah. I, wa- I was watching that. I jumped out of my seat. I fully lost my shit. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. We called that, I think we called that the fuse flip. <laughs> Can you show that fuse flip again, Nick? Yeah, Do you have it nearby? I'll, I'll dig it back up. Right on, man. I'll keep an eye on, on no, it. No, I got it right here. Oh, sweet. I uh, I, th- I can picture what you're saying. And I'm actually going to watch o- yeah, over no this worries. shoulder. So Perfect time to grab a beer. Nick, talk through this if you can. So, without face carving. Uh, oh, gosh. They go too fast. Right oh! there. Oh! <laughs> Jesus Christ! I man. played it over like six times while you guys were talking. But so while we're uh, people who are listening to this, what can they search to find that video? Uh, this is Win Games 2018 Team Aspire free round with music. Check it out. That fucking fuse flip is what you just called it. That was sick. And the best part is, I, I pictured it's exactly what I pictured, but it flowed into the flip. It didn't come together and sure. flip. That was fluid, man. Oh, thanks. That was nice. Yeah, that builds on. Like the first year, it was just a regular flip hugged. And then I think it was a half flip. And then we got it to a full. So it's interesting how stuff progresses. Two of the hardest relationships I've had in my life is growing up with a sister. I love my sister to death. One of my best friends. But as children, we fought like dogs, right? Yeah. And then the other one is teammates. I I had no legitimate issue with teammates, but there were definitely struggles in communication and understanding and agreements. And those are two very difficult dynamics. And and kudos to your kids and kudos to you as parents for actually helping them get through that. And obviously, there's some good things going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. They uh yeah, they get along pretty good. Yeah. So you know what I think a lot of that was from? I think a lot of that was from growing up in a different country. Cuz we were living in high rises and there was nobody like to get a play date, it was like having to call somebody's nanny and it was like a one you know, 2 hour session a week the whole week to have a play date so they played with each other like nonstop. My dad was a marine for 28 years. Uh-huh. Every 7 months to 4 years we moved. And every uh, year our friends moved. So we never had the same friends. 
we were always constantly together. Sure. And Debbie is absolutely one of my my bestest friends, and I would agree that that forced friendship is what it turned into for us. Yeah, for sure. Is well worth it. So you guys enjoy Dubai. You guys move on. Now, where are you at in life? We got. Um, we're living in France every winter. So why? Why France? Yeah, we're speed ride. Well, we started speed riding with the Maktoum team, and uh, I I just loved it because you know, like I had mentioned, I was into snowboarding mm-hmm. and uh, also swooping and liking canopies and and then realizing how much I didn't know about the gliders and being under a wing, you know, thinking I knew a lot at the time having, I don't know, maybe 14,000 jumps thinking I knew everything and then being like, Whoa, I don't know anything about this. Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, so yeah, I mean, when, uh, stuff happened, I was, I was actually, when they gave us the news that like all the teams were done, I was, I remember being super excited. Like I'm going to France, like I'm living in France and I'm going to go do this for a long time. So yeah, I was super stoked. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that there are probably a good portion of people that listen to this that don't know what speed riding or, or speed flying is. Sure. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I'd love to. Um, <clears throat> so speed riding is um, the combination of paragliding and high-performance cam- canopy flying uh, down mountains. Speed flying is basically running off mountains. Speed riding is in the wintertime on skis. So that is the main difference. So when you say speed riding, wintertime, skis, speed flying, summertime, French Alps, running around with Now you like both girls. said and done. I like both, but I much prefer the winter. Because, man, it's got to be easier on your legs than running down a hill for a minute. Safety. Yeah. Safety's huge. So like, there's something to be very um, sad about the safety of speed flying. And in the States, it's like the wild, wild west. Huh? It's like out of control, and it needs to be talked about and kind of pushed and regulated towards people getting their paragliding license and towards skydivers because what happens is skydivers know how to s- fly high performance canopies but a lot like if they don't have a paragliding background they're not going to know anything about weather and we're seeing people getting hurt a lot and seeing people I think I gave a comparison the other day like say you got a friend right and you want him to skydive but he's never skydived like a wolfo friend right mm-hmm. like would you ever consider Taking that friend up to Spaceland and being like, I got you, bro. Let me talk to Manifest. And being like, my friend, uh, he forgot his logbook, but uh, he knows how to skydive. And um, he's all good. And uh, let me sign the paperwork for him and being like, okay, I'm going to get him on a load. And just sneaking your friend on a plane and being like, okay, just pull. You can do this. You know, like, no, would you ever do that? I've seen it try in Spaceland. <laughs> I've taken a guy on a jump who claims he had 100 jumps. The fuck? No, that dude was retarded. Yeah. Not him, his friend who knew better right. was retarded. Exactly. You know. So letting these skydivers even go out and try to speed fly or speed ride is an equivalent thing for you. It's, a, it's the equivalent of, like, a guy trying to walk up and not put your good friend through AFF. You know, like, you got to... You know, the first thing we did, I mean, that team was stacked with tens of thousands of jumps, right? I mean, it was like, this guy has 10, this guy's got 12, this guy's got seven, you know? And the first thing we did was go to paragliding school, you know, like right away. And then we started to realize, like, how scary it was, you know, like on big, safe wings that we were running off mountains, you know? So then, 
you know, of course the progression happens quickly, but you get the right training. And, you know, there's spots in the U.S. There's, you know, California, there's Point of the Mountain, there's Horseshoe Bend, you know, there's Saboba. So there's spots you can go. So, like, one of the red flags is, is like, if you're a skydiver and a buddy says, hey, come on, let me teach you the speed ride. It's cool. I know what I'm doing. Ask him if he's a, <laughs> you know, just ask him. Make sure. Because the, the shit happens quick. You know, it, it turns ugly really quick. Yeah. Number one, you may. You may get lucky and learn safely with your homie. But chances are you're going to... A, be safer with a professional, but B, you're going to learn more. You're going to learn better. You're going to become better faster. You're going to shred cool right. shit yeah. with a professional. Get a coach. And I don't care what we're talking about right now. Free flying, belly flying, canopy, tunnel, any mm-hmm. of these things. Safety super smart, but performance, if that's what you're really caring about and you don't care about safety, well, mm, whatever. But for performance, get these coaches, get proper training. Yeah, for sure. I, w- I want to take a step back and really kind of help people with the speed flying and speed riding word. So in skydiving, you know, if you're new, you're flying a one, one, one-to-one wing loading, you're 230-square-foot parachute, you got a lot of experience, you're flying maybe a, a 150, a 120, an 84, whatever. Uh, paraglide or, or parachutes, our aspect ratios are about two to three, or our parachutes are about double the width, they are the depth, two or three to one. Paragliding, uh, you and I have talked recently. I, I, I'm going to learn to paraglide. I haven't got a chance, but mm-hmm. I've been doing a little homework, and I do a lot of canopy coaching. They're 9 or 10 to 1 aspect ratio, so they produce a lot more lift. Yeah. What size are these paragliders? Well, the speed riding wings, like if, if you go in, I mean, you can start on a 16-meter or a, um, or a, you know, in France in the winter, they're not going to teach you on anything over a 13-meter, which I think equates to like a 130. Okay. Um, so there, I mean, it's because it's too big and it's just, it's, you're going to be floating up there forever. So like, I think 13 is pretty much their cutoff on what they teach anybody. Like a uh, 70 pound, 90 pound girl. I think my son was on a, he started on an 11. Yeah. And so, you know, like, and that was huge, but, um, yeah, about a 13 meter is the most they'll do. And do you know, do you remember how big the paragliders you learned on were? My, uh, well, I think those were twenties, but we got off them pretty quick. Like they, we just needed to collapse the the ears, and you know, do a lot of mountain safety as far as the weather mm-hmm. and stuff, which we didn't know about. And then our instructor, after he saw us do all the checklists, you know, we had wings ready to go. And then he worked with us for another two weeks on speed riding or speed flying. So, so to give you guys an idea, listening or watching this, uh, uh, a paraglider is going to be significantly larger than a parachute sure. yeah but we get down to the the speed flying wings and now we're talking to the 130 120 90 range 90 yeah all the way down yeah. to 90 so they're much they're, they're really if you think yo yo i'm just gonna go speed fly i know how to fly my 170 like a boss yeah cool go fly a 120 like a boss all right well even though i think the biggest problem in the u.s the states is the people that are get that want to get into it are already people on you know valkyries and they know how to fly wings it's just they don't the they don't know the danger that presents them when they're up there in the mountains and that's the kind of thing that you don't i didn't know it you know it took you know i've been doing it for six years and even two years into it and i followed literally the best way to follow you know paragliding coaches speed riding coaches i got all the coaching you know and it it kind of like because they'll say like hey man if you crash on this spot you're in big trouble but you know then we saw it you know and we had to 
cart people off mountains and yeah. you know like you know yeah. so like when you live those situations and you know you got another teammate with a broken back or a you know busted rib or whatever then all of a sudden things you know you're really like no don't launch if the winds and it's really tricky with speed uh flying because the difference of a two mile an hour wind one way or two miles the other is the difference between driving some dude to the hospital for uh you know, for four hours and, and stressing it out, which we've had happen, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's just real tricky and you have to really use your head and uh, get the right training with it. And one thing in skydiving we really promote is stay away from turbulent zones, turbulence past an obstacle, turbulence near an obstacle, over an obstacle, where in speed flying, you commonly have to fly near the turbulent zone to be where you want to be. Yeah. And it's also knowing what those zones do at what time. And that's, you know, in the winter, well, for example, my son's 12. He's been speed riding since he's 10. I really seldom will ever let him speed fly, you know, like ever. He's done it on some dunes or whatnot. But the danger in the summer is so much more than in the winter. It's unbelievable because as the mountain heats up, as the sunlight hits the rock, you know, and, and then you go from hot air and then during crevasses and stuff as the shades there, you know, so you have all these different temperature chains to read. And like one of the lessons I used to do with Noah is I used to take a picture of the mountain and actually like give it to him and be like, draw the winds, you know, like tell me what you uh. think's going on. Like, because you have to really look at that stuff to really understand like what your canopy is going to do. And also the first thing I did with him was uh, the first two times we ever went in Dubai, I hiked him up there and I knew going up, it was kind of questionable. And I just knew regardless, even in both times we could have launched, I hiked up there and I said, we're hiking down because I wanted to get him in that thought train of you're going hiking. And if you get lucky, maybe we'll speed fly down. But you need to enjoy the fact that you're in the mountains. Like if you're in the Swiss Alps and you're having a great vacation <laughs> and you go on a two hour hike and the winds aren't right, you need to be smart enough to just hike down and be like, I had a kick ass hike today, man. I'm in, you know, I'm in the Alps. This is great. I'm going to hike down and enjoy the next day. And I think that's in the summertime really needs to be. And in the summertime, I enjoy paragliding under a big wing way more than speed flying. Just because it's just, there's, for me, there's no point. Like I'm swooping Valkyries, I'm speed riding, you know, all winter long. Like I'd rather just be out in the warm mountains and just enjoy a, a paragliding, you know, versus, you know, running something off gnarly because the winds aren't right. So it's just that kind of uh, just being around long enough to, to know how to keep yourself safe. So are there laws in the States about uh, an, an age to speed fly and to, to paraglide? Um, to paragliding there is in the States, and I forget what it is. Um, with Noah, I think, uh, you know, again, in the summer, we just don't even bother. But I, I want to say it's four. I don't know. We'd have to ask uh, Dave Hubert. So I, the thing that I understand, and I, I could be very wrong, uh, Ben, you know Ben Nelson. Yeah. Um, not I don't In know passing. him, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. You don't know him. <laughs> Worthless piece of shit, pilot. No, we love Ben. We we just like to pick on him on the sh pick on him on the show. Uh, ben, uh, with a lot of skydiving experience, with a lot of skydiving background, being a gnarly canopy pilot, went to Point of the Mountain with Steve Meyer and yeah. learned from, uh, what's Steve Meyer's group? Cloud Nine. Yeah, good group. And uh, that's actually right now who I'm planning on going to, mm -hmm. although I might find out other people in the future. Uh, nothing against them, just sure. my options. Sure, sure. Um, 
listened to you coach a little bit this week, and I like the way you speak to people. Oh, so at some you. point, I'm going to find out if you're a paragliding instructor and ask where you're at. <laughs> that, that, that's the real goal. Um, uh, he said that P2, that's your basic, your A license for sure. paragliding, right? And mm-hmm. then what they suggest you do to get into speed flying. But he said in the U.S. there's really no regulation to speed flying at all. There's no regulation. Yeah. So you said it earlier. It's the Wild West. Yeah. So I could put my five-year-old out there speed flying. Yep. I'd be a dumbass. Yep. But I'm from Texas, so I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's rough. And it's like, you know, I've sat down some skydivers and even called some skydivers I don't really know that well just because I've seen some stuff and I'm, you know, like, hey, man, I don't want to be a dick, but, you know, like, check check out what you're doing you know it's not and it's only coming from the fact that like i'd want somebody to call me as well like or at least you know give me a pointer and not you know yell at it but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's a weird thing in the states because you can't you know like if you're getting here's a like a rule of thumb if you're getting kind of mentored from somebody in the states and they've never been to europe speed flying like go get coaching, you know, go down to Sepulveda and, you know, or come to us in France and, you know, get, you know, get coaching because it's, uh, it's not worth it. You know, it's not that expensive. Like to this day, if I'm at a new mountain, I won't go to a new mountain without a guide. Like I just won't do it because my life's worth more than 300 euro, you know? So if I'm at a new spot and I want to fly it and I don't know about it, then I'm going to pay somebody to tell me about it because there could be a line somewhere. There could be winds that switch that I don't know about, you know, so it, it's just worth getting a guide. I uh, do planning for this trip. I actually was scheduled to do this in September. Just a few personal issues came up. Money being that personal issue, too many other vacations. But it, it's $100, $150 a day, depending on the length of my trip, for a 10-day trip to hire a coach to train me the entire time. Yeah. Dude, in skydiving, hire a coach for the day. It's not $100 to $150. Or in tunnel. Or in the tunnel, (laughs) man. And and you're getting experts if you're going to the right places. So I I mentioned Point of the Mountain in Utah and Mm -hmm. Cloud 9. I've just heard so many great uh, recommendations there. I've heard the name Saboba. And to help our our, our listeners out, where is Saboba? Saboba is in California near Paris. And... uh, S-O-B-A-B-A, Saboba. Ah, we'd have to check the website, yeah. yeah. But Google Saboba paragliding. You'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. Where else in the U.S. is a good place to go? Horseshoe Bend just uh, just popped up. I haven't seen it yet or don't know any of the people there. But, uh, you know, those are the three if you were going to get into it. I I do know Dave uh, pretty well, and he's awesome down at Saboba. Someone uh, chimed in. Alan McDonald chimed in. Dwayne Hall. Saboba. Yeah, yeah no, so, Dwayne. Yeah. Sabobaparagliding.com. And Dwayne is, yeah, and Dwayne as well. You know, I used to hate Dwayne if he's uh, out there. I used to know Dwayne uh, a long time out in Z Hills. Yeah, we would, used to jump forever. And Allie, thanks for it's figuring good to out hear that name. That I launched this on the Rating Center fan page, not Gravity Lab Radio page. Oh, is that what's going on? See the logo up in the corner there? Oh, yeah, that's probably my mistake. No, that's mine because I preloaded the entire show. If you noticed earlier, I got on my phone and looked. I'm like, uh, yeah. Fortunately, it's mainly an audio podcast. We'll share it back on Gravity Lab Radio's Facebook <laughs> page. But, uh, Allie, it's good to hear from you. She works I Fly Seattle, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah, I uh, uh, used to work here in Houston. Um, so some really good places for people to go learn and paraglide and even speed fly in these, these places. And the one thing I, I don't, I haven't been, but the one thing I do know is I know a lot about canopies when it comes to parachutes, enough to know, man, I can't wait to learn the real shit. Because if I can swoop across the ground for 300 feet, for 400 feet, for 500 feet, I'm going far. Yeah. 
dude, did you see Kurt just lay down a 600 footer into land he put on video? I think I saw that. Yeah, dude, that was cool. He yeah. comes in from the triangle from the corner and almost goes out the gate, has to shut it down. Yeah, I, I did see that. That was sick. Fuck, dude. If I can go 600 feet, I'm fucking crushing life. Yeah. Dude. But in speed flying, you're across the ground for ever yeah you can play uh yeah there's some cool i don't know there's some uh stuff that's yeah i mean you're just always in the ground i always think of it as it's a wind tunnel for canopies and i, I don't think it could be not more true it's it's because you're constantly have a reference so y- it really is a wind tunnel for can- canopies so i guess your plan with noah is to make him the best skydiver in the wide world before he's ever jumped out of an airplane <laughs> surprisingly he probably won't jump out of an airplane people actually say that but yeah i don't really care if he jumps out of an airplane at all do you think he has an interest um if anybody it would be noah kaylee will right right now will not jump out of an airplane so uh zach boyd you met this week yes yeah he's a super cool guy i've known that kid all the boys yeah since he was a little guy uh-huh. a little dude and uh, he will never jump out of an airplane. He may, maybe, maybe once or twice do a tandem. Maybe. Yeah. He's never going to become a skydiver. Yeah. And now he's. Uh, and did you see he's, where he's? Uh, yeah, he's super. He's in the. I, I actually watched him a little bit throughout the weekend. He's super. You know, at that point where he's into it, huh? It's he, nice. Oh, it's he's nice hungry, watch. dude. It was yeah, interesting. He's hungry. We'll have Zach on after September. He's got a lot to share. So if you know who Zach Boyd is, he'll check it out. But Zach, I'll, I'll tell on him a little bit and tell his story. He was going to college. Steve Sr. says, go to school, I pay for your apartment. Don't go to school, get a fucking job, pay for your own apartment. Sure. Zach drops out of school. Steve says, get a job. Zach doesn't follow suit. Steve drives him to the DZ. You're a packer, you have a job. Yeah. For two months, he packed parachutes and really didn't care about it. Showed up as he could, as he needed to. Where's Zach today? It's Zach. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, DJ, I think I want to learn to skydive. What? So the kid who never was going to skydive started jumping. Now, does he have a huge hungry passion today? He for sure does, man. I can see it. You know, like yeah. he's out talking to the other people, talking to students. It's yeah, it's it was really cool to watch. And a nice little shredder, man. Imagine when he has years in the sport instead of a year and a half. Sure. April two thousand sixteen. So two two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, not many students I remember doing their AFF. Yeah. Uh, the Boyd's mean a lot to me, so that one stood yeah, out for, for a while. Sure. Also, uh, April 2016 is when we bought Skydive Spaceland Dallas. So uh, there was a lot going on at once. I did two projects at the same time. Um, One of the things I want to get to in paragliding is you said there's a lot of misunderstandings, misnomers. People just don't get speed flying. What is it out there that people don't understand that you want to share? Well, I mean, it's just not as, you know, it's not as legal out here. So, you know, you can go to France and do it 30 runs a day and, and buy a lift ticket and it's all good. You know, everything out here, you kind of got to hike to in the wintertime. So, um, you know, it's legal to speed ride in Saboma and, and Horseshoe Bend. But, you know, in the winter, I always say if you got three days to speed ride, you should go fly to France, speed ride one day, and then fly back home. You know, versus you'll get more into it. You know, it's for sure a three to one ratio as far as more bang for your buck. So, and it's so cheap in France. Like, it's ridiculous. Um Compared to, you know, I lived in Vail. I lived in the mountains for seven years between Tahoe and Summit County and all that stuff. And, and <laughs> what we spend in France for the whole winter, we would spend in three weeks in, you know, Summit. So it's just so nice. I mean, season passes are 300 euro for the whole year. The whole year. You can speed ride the equivalent of a thousand jumps 
and for three hundred euros, not too far from three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's four hundred for a season pass for a mountain. Yeah, and where you can do three hundred flights a day, or I'm sorry, thirty flights a day. Once you're kind of like two, three weeks into it, you know, if you're a, a hustle and no pack jobs. And <laughs> that's the that's the other thing, no pack jobs. And doing thirty runs a day on a snowboard or on skis wear me out. Yeah, 30, now thirty runs is a hustle. You know, it's probably yeah. the equivalent to like. 15, 16, 17 yeah. skydives. Let's take it back to a reality. Yeah, ten, 20. Yeah. 10 runs a day yeah. on a snowboard or skis can wear somebody out. Yeah. 10 runs speed flying, I think I have a better opportunity of being able to do that physically and not wear myself out as much. The more you're, yeah, you know, once you get, yeah, it's way, you know, a day of skiing versus a day of speed flying, you're going to be, you know, not using as much because you're, as we like to say, floating on the air, <laughs> floating on the snow. And if it's a powder day, you're floating on the powder while floating. Yeah. You're floating twice. And you're not accepting impact in your spine. Yeah. You're not yeah. accepting impact in your back, on yeah. your knees. It's really, yeah, even like the little, and that's the thing with like the little kid. Like I was, I snowboarded for a while, as I said, and I was in MRI tubes, <laughs> broken shoulder, broken knees, broken ankles, you know, all through, you know, my first seven years of snowboarding. And with speed riding, you know, as long as you're kind of, conservative about it you're gonna you know it's pretty darn safe if you, when you kind of th- it can be it can be extremely dangerous or safe if you start at the right places if you're a crazy you know a badass swooper and you go straight to shamani it's it's gonna be dangerous you know it's gonna it's gonna whoop your ass possibly yeah you could die you know? And I and mean, you, I mean, you could die on anything you do. You could die in Valfer Juice as well. But the chances are, it's it's very safe. You know, it's very yeah. it's as safe as it can be. So, as as far as uh, the language barrier, like your average American going to France to learn to speed fly, all good, all yeah. Good? I actually take care of all that. So, like, I uh, know the coaches and stuff. So, if you sign up, like, there is there are some weird customs in France that just will drive people nuts. You know, like you can only like for ones like. Everything's Saturday to Saturday. And somebody may say, well, I want to come on Wednesday. And they'll be like, okay, that's fine. But you pay Saturday to Saturday. And you're like, surely not. You know, <laughs> like, no, I can get a place on Wednesday if I want to play. But no, it doesn't, <laughs> like, it does not work that way. You're paying Saturday to Saturday. So anything, hotel. Yeah, yeah. There's, you pay Saturday to Saturday. Wow. Yeah. So there's just stuff like yeah. that Americans like, and that's kind of like what we do is just kind of like, ease the gap and just make it easier, you know? Like, yeah. basically, you can pay the same and go through them or go through us and not have any issues, you know? So it, it, we just kind of, like, streamline it. You bring in an understanding and awareness. You take the heartburn out of it for me. Yeah, it's just, it's just easy, you know? It's just, like, here's where to book your flight. We'll take get there, and everything is sorted, you know? Like, I'm running around with, you know, meeting people, making sure they get their keys and whatnot and introducing them. And the other thing is, it's just different customs. Huh? Like the average skydiver will just be like, I want to, you know, like, I want to go. Like, I want to skip lunch, right? Like this, because they're having so much fun, you know? So they're like, I want to skip lunch. And they, they're like, no, we're taking a lunch and it's going to be a two-hour lunch because we're French. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, what? Like, this is the first nice day. But then there's a backside to that too. Like, you wouldn't have somebody do nine AFF jumps in one day, right? It's just like overload, right? Like at the same time, like these people know, skydivers know how to fly canopies, but at some point it's overload and they get fatigued and you need a break, Yeah, you know? But the American in all of us is like, this is insane. I am not stopping. Like I am swooping on the ground, 
for five minute runs and I am not going to, you know, like I, you, I got a Snickers bar. I'm good. You know, and it, you just need to kind of like take a break and not get hurt. And, and that's kind of it, what it is. They're just trying to keep you from getting hurt, you know, as you, as you're sorting it out. So with, with skydiving, it's like low turns, canopy collisions. Those are the things that, that get people hurt. Yeah. What, what, what is it in, in speed riding? Okay. Speed flying? Great question. It's all before it happens. And that's like the difference. And that's why like my son does it and I'm comfortable with that. It's all the decisions you make before you launch. It's when the it's like, are you gonna run off something with rocks? Because if you fall, you're probably gonna break something. Are you gonna run off something with a cliff? Because if you fall, you're gonna die. Are you gonna run off something where you, that's downwind? Because you're gonna have to run twice as fast, even if it's a one mile downwind compared to one mile in you know, like are you in shape to run that fast? So it's all the and, and that's all when you get up there, right? So so those conditions just change in a heartbeat, and that's where it's gotten like, I mean, there's so many people that it, it like it, it's gotten on those decisions, you know. And then you know there's a flag there, and you do 15 jumps in the, or you do 15 flights in a day, and it's good. And then all of a sudden the wind shift, but the sky's clear, and you're like, ah, oh, but it's you know it was just good before, so I'm gonna ski that you know one more time with a five mile an hour downwind. And then you fall and hit a rock, and then your season's over. So it's just being disciplined. And that's also putting it, like, that's the nice thing about that school is putting it into a situation where they take that away from you. Because when you're launching in the snow, it's extremely safe. In the summertime, running off stuff is way more dangerous than the skis, and the winds get a lot more bumpy. And as the mountain heats up, you know, like, I had a hard time struggling with that. Like, you know, they were like, we're done at 11. And I was like, what? I'm a, like, like, you know, like we'd do three flights and then they'd be like, that's it. We'll come back at seven. I'd be like, no, but it's good. You know, and I remember yeah. having that thought and just like not even like and now it just seems so ridiculous, you know, like to even think that, you know, but as a, as a new skydiver, I had that thought. But we had the right coaching to say, no, you're not you're not doing this. You know, that's one thing that shocked me. It's been. Ben told me, yeah, when you go to Point of the Mountain, uh, Cola, Scott, I've talked more to Cola, says when you go to Point of the Mountain, you're going to be flying in the morning, and then you're going to be in class during the day, and then you're going to fly in the evening. I'm like, why? And she explained these ideas to me. Yeah. Things heat up, they get worse. Yeah. Nick, did you have something over there? Oh, I was just going to ask, uh, you were uh, talking about learning on skis is a lot easier. Yeah. So I snowboarded a lot as a kid, but I have no idea how I would be on skis. So what, what sort of a skiing skill set does one need to, to sure. start speed riding? Um, a talented person, like an uh, athletic person, uh, for example, uh, our cameraman, Vitor. I can't believe I just said he was talented. <laughs> no, but he really is. Like he really is. Um, but I love to give him shit. But um, he he did one day of skiing before, and then by his third day, he was speed riding. So like, if you know how to like, if you ever played ice hockey, uh, Lane I think was another guy that uh, didn't ski at all, and he picked it up really quick. Like three skiing's pretty easy. It's not like snowboarding. Um, and then that's kind of the cool thing. If you're just like. If you come out there, like we had some, um, I hope they don't mind me um, saying, I won't say their names, but we had some people coming up from um, Minnesota that were skydivers and they just wanted to fly their canopies down the mountain. You know what I mean? Like the speed riding is more interacting with the snow, but they just wanted to fly next to the mountain all day long, you know? And it's like, so you don't really need to get great at skiing. Like if you just like, I want to fly that canopy all day long and 
you know, buzz around, get some skis. And what happens is, is like, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely dig it. You're going to come back. And then in your second or third year, you're going to realize like, like, whoa, I want to get a better, be better at skiing. So it's like the guy that wants to fly head down and then he realizes head up's harder. Yeah. You know, like, but it doesn't, he doesn't know that at first. You know what I mean? That's yeah. exactly what it is. It, you know, they'll want to fly just their canopies and then, you know, then they'll learn to ski with it. One thing that I, I've noticed, and I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but when I see speed flying, I don't see a lot of interaction with the ground. I just see interaction close to the ground. When I see speed flying, it's not uncommon that I'll see a speed flyer or speed rider, I'm sorry, get back on the snow. Like you'll fly, then you'll get back on the snow sure. for a little bit, then you'll fly. Is that how important is that to it's you? It's the best. Yeah. Like, and for a while, like, and so then again, like kind of like the natural progression all we wanted to do was stay down. So like, that's the challenge is like to stay down on the steepest face to keep your skis on the absolute steepest face. So that's kind of like the ultimate goal. But then you get to the point where you can do that and then you're like, okay, well let's fly again. (laughs) You know? So then it kind of goes back. It's so, I I love it because there's so much like skydiving, more diversity than we can ever realize. Sure. One of the things in Chronicles, I mean, that that was our our skydiving childhood. Yeah, for sure. Loved it. And I, and I think I saw it in Chronicles the first time was some, what we now call speed flying. And I think maybe we call, or speed riding. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we still called that then. And there is some of it in the U.S. Do you know where in America that we might see any? I'm I thinking think, PNW. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Crystal Mountain and uh, those Red, Red Bull guys. Farrington is uh, out there doing it. Yeah. So you can do it at Crystal Mountain. And then that's uh, Andy. Yep. Okay. And then you can do it. I think off the backside. There's spots in Utah that you can do it. It's pretty. I think it's pretty. Um, I'm sure there are amazing spots. Like I wish I'd. Well, okay. If I was living in Chicago in the winter, I'd rather be in Utah or by Crystal Mountain. Um, but it's. I think it's uh, safe to say it's a lot different in France. Like to uh, just get in laps and go 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 go. I'm definitely. There's nothing compared to that yeah it, for me there's a huge interest in in my wife and i for the first time went to oregon recently in washington and we fell in love with the pacific northwest and, and i hate cold fucking hate cold i lived in indiana for four years working in a place called skydive greensburg that's suck your soul cold that's how chicago is yeah. Chicago's the worst cold in the world and i hate that cold man i hate it and my friends are always like well when you have other things to do you won't hate it i'm like screw you yeah and I just spent, you know, a week in the Pacific Northwest. I'm like, wait a minute. I can see finding things to do when snow's not flat. Yeah. When it's not Midwest, flat, nothing cold. You spent time in Chicago. It sucks. It's the worst. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly like the worst environment imaginable <laughs> in the winter. Like I'm so I haven't spent a winter there in years and I never will. I don't. I've avoided the idea of moving back to cold, but now Valerie and I are talking about maybe we can settle back down in the Pacific Northwest because we can snowboard, we can ski, we can snowmobile in the winter. Yeah, and Wait it's not as mi- it's it's way more mild. Like the Midwest yeah. is just brutally cold. Like Denver and all those places, they're they're nice. It's a big difference between you know twenty degrees and negative fifty with wind chill and. But <laughs> it's on possible a- I can go up there for the winter and also have another option of speed riding. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it is at that mountain. I'm not sure how they allow that. Like, I'm not sure, like, if you have to, like, if it's just open to anybody or you have to know people to 
police it or I'm not I'm not really sure on that I'm one. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing yeah, to yeah. do whatever people yeah. ask me to do. Man, safety is definitely a background I have. Yeah. A safety and training guy. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I think we need to be safer, but because I think we need to be better. And to be better, we have to be safe. Yeah. There's that margin of safety that allows yeah. us to improve. You know, I'm not I was never that guy in skydiving. I was <laughs> I was never that safe guy. But like I feel like I, you know, I've just seen some friends get hurt in speed riding, and you see it. It's like the the beginning days of swooping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where like yeah. I got yelled at, like, "Hey, you like hospital food?" And then like the next jump, I pounded in, you know, <laughs> like with like two hundred jumps or whatever, you know. And it's like, and you wonder why that guy was such a dick at the time, but he was actually caring, you know. Yeah. So like I feel like the people that know need to start speaking up a little bit until it gets corrected. It's uh, I love something you mentioned earlier. You say that you see people on Facebook or social media talk about what they're doing and you don't even always know them and you'll still reach out to them to not yell at them, but to give them pointers, to give them help. How important do you think it is in all of these that how we reach and contact people? It's super important, man. Like I like I said, I like I remember it. Too, like I remember yell, being yelled at. Like everybody probably remembers it, right? There's a dude that mm-hmm. drops and it screams, and he's screaming because he's probably seen a friend die. You know, like he scream. There's a reason why he's screaming. It's passion. Uh, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I just feel like you know you're gonna get more across if you're like, dude, I'm not. And I always do it in private. I don't like. I don't want to, you know, embarrass. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for it if you're truly trying to help somebody. You know, you know, yeah. there's no reason to be like post on their thing. Hey, dumbass, don't do that. You know, like you, if that's not going to get through to anybody. Yeah. It's th- one of the things I like to tell coaches and, and training instructors is when you see somebody fuck up, chances are they know it. And the person who can beat you up the worst is you. Sure. Almost all of us have laid down in bed at night and thought worse shit about ourselves than anybody else can ever say about us. Yeah. So now you're talking crap to yourself about, well, I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I shouldn't have done that. Okay, I'm going to come call you names. Now I relieved you of being the asshole, and I'm now the asshole. So now the problem is mine, not yours. Yeah. So why should I yell at you? It took me years to learn this because I used to get a little more excited than I should. So now the problem is me yelling, not the problem is your mistake. Sure. When you see your homies mess up, know that they're yelling at themselves more than you ever can. Yeah. A, let them yell at themselves. In public, let them do their own thing in their own head. Let them digest. And then pull them aside privately and say, hey, bro, can I give you some tips on how to fix that? Can I give you tips to make it better? Yeah. No, that's a great great way to approach it, for sure. Yeah. And I love it because there's, I think, three different times now that you've talked about giving people help, not beating them down, giving them help. Yeah. And, and back to how I watched you coach, and I actually didn't get to watch much with you guys this weekend. I was a lot busier today, but Thursday I watched a lot of, and he's dropped a lot of what was going on with you guys. And I love the way when people need corrective action, you show them how to fix it. Point out the problem, they'll repeat the problem. Focus on the problem, they'll repeat the problem. Sure. Focus on the solution, it might happen. Yeah, yeah. So. No, it was, yeah, it was great. It was a great week. Yeah. It's uh, speed flying. You say come to France is definitely the way to do it. For sure. Um, people and, and you help people get this done. How, yeah. Well, how do you? I mean, is there a company you're doing this with? Well, what? I'm kind of just bringing in people myself. Uh, Dave from Saboba. Uh, we're gonna kind of combine this year and uh, set some dates in March, and just basically like it's funner to go with other Americans. You know what I mean? Sure. It's funner to get. Yeah. The French do yell. That's one thing that's really funny. They scream at you. Um, and you know, again, that's kind of like the. Um, 
kind of like the mediator that we are. You know, like if you're getting screamed at when you're full of snow and there's lines all over, you're going to be pissed off. But if you know that I got screamed at when I was full at snow and I wanted to rip my skis off and go after that dude. <laughs> Beat him with it. And we are and we're all laughing about it. And, you know, the next student got screamed at and he wanted to, you know, and you kind of realize like it's a right. Even though it's not an American thing, yeah. it's just a French custom thing. So, like, if you have other people being like, that's all we did, like, all of a sudden it becomes funny or it can to the right person, you know? So, like, you need that to, like, hey, man, this is a French custom. They're going to scream at you when you, like, you're going to be tumbling through the thing and they're going to be like, ah, yeah, you're stupid, huh? That's why you're full of snow. Yeah, you're full of snow because you're stupid and you don't listen. Why don't you back up? And then maybe you can listen, you know, like, and, and I swear, you're just like, if I could get out of this mess right now, I would go <laughs> stab you're that lucky. guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it just takes people. It, it, it's nice to do it all in a group. You know what I mean? So Dave uh, from Saboba is uh, uh, rounding people up from the West Coast. And it looks like we're going to put together, um, looks like we're going to put together a good week, a good 10 days in uh, March and all the Americans can come out and. Learn US together. speed flying tour. Is that, yeah. Am I saying that right? I think so. Yeah. I don't. If you go uh, to Mike's uh, Facebook page, it says the sure. manager. Yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, we'll share this in the show notes. So if you're checking it out on on the podcast, look at your phone right now. You'll see it. If you're watching on Facebook Live, Nick will have it popped up I there at some point that. as well. Oh, dude, we, we, no doubt, man. We love you guys sharing stories. At the same time, we got to pay respect to what pays y'all's bills. Sure. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and even beyond that, I've watched you coach now. Fuck promoting you. I'm now promoting other people's good times and safety. Yeah. I, I like the idea of promoting you, but man, now people listening to us. Now my homies are going to be like, I got a dude who can show me the ways. I got a dude who can show me a good time, who helps me get through the Saturday to Saturday bullshit. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in any place I travel, I want a local tour guide. Yeah. I don't go to France to find the American ways. I go to France to find the French ways. Yeah. But it's easiest for me to find the French ways with an American who understands them. Sure. And, and you are that access of somebody who understands the French and the French ways. Somebody who understands speed flying and speed riding in those ways. So you're not an interpreter of language, but an interpreter of lifestyle. Yeah. So I think it's super, super worth it for my friends. Yeah, I appreciate that. Dude, you're welcome, man. And of course, we I look, gotta promote what I think is a good thing, or at least from what I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah, Noah's out there filming. <laughs> like all, and it, it, you know, it's everybody that comes out is usually somebody that. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but we get to know them all, you know. Yeah. And like, it's fun to watch Noah out there because Noah will go out and film too, like under his canopy, and he's so good at speed riding, you know. Like I remember my buddy uh, Steve Braff. Um, you know, Noah was filming them all day, and you just see like a dude speed riding. You see this little like bird behind him, just like, you know, <laughs> you know, filming, you know, it's like really cool to watch. It's really impressive to watch the, uh, the kid, uh, under the wing. you like, you know, it's just as impressive as he is with the tunnel. It's for sure. It's pretty cool. You ever get mesmerized, whether it's flying in the sky or uh, in the tunnel or under your wing where you, you almost forget where you're at because you're so mesmerized by your boy. There's been a couple moments that were like insane. Like one time I remember like clouds were kind of rolling in and we launched and I like, you know, like it's just the air's quieter up there. I like flew up next to him under canopy and I was like, Noah. And he's like, yeah, dad. You know, like we're <laughs> under canopy. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, 
look for the poles and go land. And he's like, okay, dad. You know? <laughs> and I was like, that was freaking cool. You know, like I was, I kind of like tripped on that, like that evening. And I was like, that was super cool. And then we did this run. Uh, we did a huge run, like 4,000 meters and I'm like 3,500 meters. And like, it, it was a run that he had saw like on YouTube and he's like, dad, we got to do that run. So we drove to the next Valley in France and kind of got lucky with the weather and like it was just an insane run and it was just me and him off the backside of a mountain in France in like this valley that was just insane and just like to do that with him was just <laughs> mind blown you know so I'm, I'm watching some of this footage and it has me wondering just kind of uh with inputs like how how deep into your brakes are you most of the time well it's all you never touch your you never touch the fronts ever yeah, so, no, I don't see many, many people using their rears either. Is that yeah. a thing? You can. No, the rears are a thing. Like, you can ski with them, and it's the same thing. Like, if you want to go faster, like, we screw around with it. But realistically, like, you're always – the canopy wants – the canopy flies faster than it skis, huh? So as you're turning on the ground, you're basically – like, with every turn, you slow down. And the So if the canopy wants to surge forward, it's going to surge, and then it would collapse in front of you. So you're basically holding the canopy back, you know? And then if you get into flats and stuff, you could go switch over to your rears and stuff. But basically with speed, uh, speed riding, when you're making these turns, you know, you're skiing. So the canopy flies quicker than the skiing. Mm -hmm. So you're holding the canopy back by, by the, um, you know, the toggles. And so just generally, like, are you like about quarter breaks, half breaks? They're set differently. They're, it's kind of a different field than skydiving. So you always have tension. It's always tension, and then it depends on what type of turn you're doing. So, like, you could have a lot of less tension if you're doing a big GS turn. If you're on steeps that, like, you really don't, like, and you're trying to stay down, then you're going to have more tension really holding the canopy back because now you're skiing on something like this. The wing wants to take off, but you want to stay down, so you're really kind of, like, holding the wing back. So it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like a dance between the skiing and the flying, you're doing everything at once and you're trying to make sure the wing doesn't like, unless you want it to take off, you're trying to keep it down on the ground. So let's say I do want it to take off. Yeah. I'm going to give more breaks or less. Breaks? You're going to let up and you're going to point. Yeah. But realistically be depending on what type of, ang and then that's the other thing. It's the angle of the mountain, right? So if it's in a flat area, you know, you need more speed for it to take off. But if you're on something steep, which generally speaking, the wing is going to fly more than, you know, the wing's going to take off pretty quick. So if you just turn and ski down, even on a beginner mountain, it's usually going to take off and fly. So you don't have to do anything. Like, so if you, if you don't want to, if you just want to fly next to the mountain, you basically point it. And within a couple seconds, you're going to be flying. And then that, at that moment is when the experienced skydiver totally takes over mm -hmm. and you're swooping, swooping. You know, like that's when it's completely normal for an experienced canopy pilot, you know, and that's what I did like the first year. You know, I was just like, I'm fucking I'm taking off and I'm going to just carve around the mountains. You know, did, did Kai Kai get you into this at all? No, Kai Kai was actually in Utah watching goats or something when we were <laughs> when we started. He took a break from the team. I don't know if you re remember. Oh, that. Yeah, I do remember he was back home for a little bit. Didn't yeah. So that. during that is when we got into it. And that was. Uh, Did you ever meet those fainting ghosts that they I had? I saw pictures of oh them. Oh my those god! Those were insane. Dude, so fun. Yeah. Since then, I looked on. You know, that's a great thing to talk about. Is just what's funny. <laughs> We've been talking about like what's online that cracks up. Fainting goats are another one. 
We talked about the handshake last night, right? The missed handshakes. Hey. Ah. <laughs> is but there the, a missed handshake compilation oh, video yeah. that I need to know about? Oh, there, there for sure is. <laughs> you should look it up there. there no, it's miss. Is it high fives or handshakes? I think it's like some of, no, it's handshakes. And it'll make you, um, out there. it'll make it, uh, make your uh, bad day turn good for is sure. Is this an NBA video? I found missed missed handshake. Oh, NBA handshake fails. Yeah, compilation. I've seen that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one recently. I think it was a football uh, bunch of refs getting together, and they're all shaking hands. And one guy sits there and holds his hand out, and <laughs> everybody ignores him. Yeah. So now they're talking, and he just stands there with his hand out. I while they're talking for a minute, he's just like, <laughs> anybody, come on, help me out. You know the funniest thing that I'll, like if you're ever in a bad mood. <laughs> yes, yeah, see what I mean? <laughs> see what I mean? Just. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm doing later. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ever if you're ever having a bad day, let me recommend Office Freakouts. <laughs> like that is the end all just be all. Google Office just, Freakouts. Yeah, on YouTube just go Office Freakouts and it's basically like people <laughs> in the office losing their shit like beating up coffee <laughs> like it, it no matter how bad your day is because we're you're skydiving right yeah like, so if you're having a bad day and you're like man i just can't let this go just type in office freakouts and it, it is like 30 minutes of guaranteed bliss i uh people beating up printers <laughs> and like <I> plans <laughs> it's amazing dude the the interwebs as great as they are cameras in our pockets have become even better because use that with the interwebs like oh look chaos boom let's record that i was just in bend oregon and we drove by the last ever blockbuster there's only one left in the nation really yeah. they're keeping one alive huh? yeah there was like four or five left i read an article like hey we're, there's four left they're closing all of them but the last one it's in bend a week later i'm in bend going there is and i took picture and video I'd of take a blockbuster a i think i'd do yeah. that too For there's sure, a lot dude. of memories in those things huh that, dude. you know Going to Blockbuster was a big deal. Be kind and rewind. Yeah. <laughs> Man. That's crazy. Huh? It was definitely a different world. So it, it, it's good to find these these nice waste of times. So speed flying, I, I want to kind of come back to, to skydiving in one second. But before we do that, anything about speed flying or skydiving you want to share a little bit further? Not really, man. I appreciate talking about it. It's just fun. It's just my passion. Like, I, I'm into it. Yeah. Like, anybody can, like, if somebody called me and be like, hey, I don't know you, but do you want to talk about speed riding? I'd be like, sure, man. Let me pull over. Like, I'll talk to you about speed riding. I don't care. If I like <laughs> flying a parachute, which, man, I fucking love parachutes. I feel I like it's flying? insane. I feel like, the, in a nutshell, I feel like it's like the Orlando wind tunnel where there's one, and like, you know how valuable it is, but it hadn't take off yet, right? And then yeah. you blink, and then, like, in 10 years, there's tunnels everywhere, right? Like, yeah. that's how I feel about speed riding. Like, it's insane not to do it if you're a skydiver. Do you think regulation is coming to America? Do you think? I, I Probably would say not. That's the problem. There's not. would do it if anybody? Yeah. I mean, they, they've tried to grab on. The main thing is, is just, like, for speed riding, you got to get the resorts involved. And, you know. Okay. I've, I've liked it so much, I've looked at, like, hills you know in colorado i've looked at real estate and stuff where i'm like man maybe you should just open you know one and take a cat up or, or whatever but you know realistically like the sports in europe for now and if it ever happens in the states i'm gonna be 65 and fishing <laughs> by it, the time that happens it, uh, so one of the i wonder 
And one of the things that I wonder about is really a lot of the differences in America to a lot of places is the the litigious nature of our society. Sure. Do you think it's that these resorts are afraid to open up to something new that they don't understand because of litigation, because of lawsuits and liability? Absolutely. Yeah. And if some one guy gets hurt, and that is why the you know the paragliders protect their because they you know paragliding is pretty small too, right? So like they don't want to see speed riders come up and get hurt and then burn their site you know like yeah. if there's a paragliding spot in you know saga talk michigan you know they don't want anybody coming up and being like hey i'm gonna launch off this and then they go pound in and then the cops go close it down because they don't you know all the tourists saw somebody with a broken leg so it's definitely justified by them yeah. you know and I, i'm guessing you've been snowboarding long enough you remember when there were mountains we would go to and you weren't allowed to snowboard yeah everything man those resorts are very very I want to say closed-minded, but very cautious to new things. Yeah, um, I, I can't say closed-minded because I'm not behind closed doors with them, but, but very cautious. Yeah, I mean they're big corporations, so they. Uh, I mean I can't I can't imagine a day that happened. But then yeah, when we started snowboarding, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Only Breck allowed it, and yeah, I mean that was. I didn't think I'd have tunnels. I didn't think I'd have two two tunnels within forty minutes of me. Sure. Ever. Yeah. Neither did I. You know, and, and we're smoked by all these things now. So hopefully, hopefully we're wrong, yeah. and we'll see speed flying expose itself a little bit further one day. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Now, guys, gals, if you think you like flying a parachute, go check it out, man. I know I, I hear nonstop things. Every one of my friends who's gotten into it speaks like you do. Like you just found your new crack. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you're not loving your parachute, go learn to do, go learn to paraglide, go learn to speed fly, go find the right tracks because it might take you longer. But man, you might learn to love that parachute and then you can learn to love free fall even better. Yeah, yeah. You know, Nick said something that, hey, you're going to teach your kid to be a badass skydiver before he ever jumps out of the plane. Were you about to grab a beer? Yeah. Go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Do <laughs> and, and that's one thing that you people can learn is even if you're not the most excited about it, going to learn to paraglide, you may never become the best or most proficient, but go learn it. And the, what you're going to learn is going to translate to your skydiving, which is going to allow you to enjoy free fall even more. Yeah. And it's more bang for your buck, too. Yeah. You're under a wing. I think I totaled it up. Like Noah probably has the equivalent of like somebody with like three thousand jumps as far as canopy time under his wing. And but those three thousand jumps are always close to the ground, which that gets yeah. it even further. Yeah. Kind of like to me, a minute of free fall is not as valuable as a minute of tunnel time because of proximity. Sure. I understand what I'm doing better. Yeah. So now we, we kind of come back to, to the end and that's where you're at today. That's where you're at in your summertime. Mm-hmm. You were here in Spaceland Houston for the last week coaching. Yeah. What do you do in the summer? What, I mean, what were you doing here? How can I get a hold of you? What's sure. going on? Well, I uh, like for the past two months, I've been traveling. So I was in France uh, at a drop zone coaching. Um, and then I came back here. I was in Chicagoland for a boogie. And then I went right into 40 hours of tunnel with the kids, uh, coaching the little kids. Which was insane. We didn't talk about that. That was like insane. Well, hold on. The park there. Yeah. We didn't talk about what? Well, we did a kids camp that uh, like, so we did 40 hours in a week and uh, the little kid, we brought in all the little kids that could fly, you know? So we built, and there should be a really cool video coming out on it, but uh, we built, it was like one of those, th- I, I did have one really cool moment. Like, so, uh, you know. 
there's these little, like we were talking about, there's these little, like a new group of like little six, seven-year-olds. I think one's like Charlie, one's Isabella from Seattle and mm-hmm. Atlanta. And there's some other kids from Atlanta as well. Like little, little tykes. Remind me of my kids when they were little. And so they were like in the beginner group that was, you know, not beginner group. I mean, they're all on their heads turning like you know, six way around. So like the beginner group was kind of like not really beginner, but you know, so I'm like, I, I thought to myself, I was like, well, maybe we put them all together, but they were so small and the speed difference was like, but all of a sudden I like started turning it up and like, man, these little kids can hang. So we started building like nine ways and then, and they did really good on the nine ways. And then we built like 11 ways. And then we brought in like all the other people like in the tunnel. So I think we we're up to like, I think it was like 11 or 12 and it was so cool. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get in there for like just to <laughs> look like a giant. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm going to find a little spot and get in there. And uh, so I did. And so I flipped over and we had like the little kids flip over last. And to see these little like it was like it was like li- I mean, they're so young and their faces are like. You know, they're like this is licking their lips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just excited. like all. De- yeah, I mean, it's just seeing these little kids close on a formation <laughs> that you're used to seeing adults stress out, but the kids weren't stressed. They were just like, it was so much cooler <laughs> because they were they weren't stressed. They were just like little determined little. I mean, they were little kids. They had Jordan face going Cl- on. Just yeah, and they were just like <laughs> the one was so goofy. You know, she was like. but it was weird to see somebody close on a formation that was i mean but they were coming from all over you know they were like so it was really cool to watch and this was in naperville yeah and they did some serious uh serious flying like they flipped some conveyor belts and um what's a conveyor belt but you gotta help me out i don't even know what it is to be honest (laughs) with you like i it's it's a it's a Infinity mixed infinity flip that flips one way and then the other way. Nick, can you explain this? Not any better than that, no. Okay, yeah. cool. So, but yeah, they <laughs> crushed that and then they crushed six way dynamic and they it's, crushed 11 way. C- could we say it's like a moving pancake that's. Yeah, a moving shuffler pancake. How's <laughs> yeah, that? Sure, that's great. A shuffler, a link shuffler pancake. You, you know what a pancake is, right? Yes. So imagine that it's, you know what an infinity pancake is? I know an infinity. So here, is. here's our round pancake, yep. and it's like this. Yes. So it's a figure eight in the middle. Yeah. And everyone, it's kind of moving as people are transitioning over it. I I, uh, I saw you guys do something like this uh, at a live, live bigs. bigs I yeah. think is yeah. in one of the videos. Yeah. I think Mikey Carpenter was dirt diving one in front of me one day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Watching that engineer, you might have been on that jump, Cody. I'm not. I, I don't know if you were, but watching that engineering of that going on, and yeah. watching techs stress over the engineering of it like watching him focus and fix through and tex is a shredder he's a badass he's flyer about us. and he's a comfortable flyer and then these kids are just like oh he'll do this yeah that's gotta be cool yeah like it was uh yeah i had to show him video of like you know like you're here and you're here and yeah so that one took a well it only took 30 minutes so i'm sure they're very visual on picking things up at that yeah, age yeah is this i saw a picture on your facebook the same event where you have like a shitload of kids in the tunnel with a teddy bear flying above yeah them? yeah yeah we always bring in the bear and uh like it's been cool it's been a really like for me it's super enjoyable we we uh i it started because i kind of didn't like what i was seeing at the national competitions you know because you see all these young kids and like skydivers okay skydivers are there's eight type personalities, right? So like skydiving nationals and stuff are serious, right? But the, those same skydivers are also going to boogies and like enjoying fun times, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt like these kids are just, 
flying in flight school and then going to nationals and not uh. experiencing anything like just totally away from just having a good time in the tunnel. So all these kids are learning is like, okay, they got to get good for this national competition and it's a big deal. So what we wanted to do is be like, okay, anybody can come, you know, and the only rule is, is if you screw up, I just want to see you smile. Like there is nothing wrong except the only bad thing you can do is get stressed oh. out. Like that's all there is, you know, like that's the only rule. So it was really cool, you know, like it, and it's, and the kids go nuts and they have fun and they fly. Oh man. It was, uh, like it came out to like a thousand sixty dollars you know, and they flew six to eight hours of tunnel time each for a thousand, Ooh. thousand bucks. That's you know? yeah. Yeah. I so mean, and they all like, even like, cause everybody comes in the same, like the kids are, you know, that, oh, my kid loves to fly. He flies all the time. He never can get out of the tunnel. And it's really cool to see that. And at the end of the, the camp, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired, you know, because we fly. We just fly them like they fly nonstop. Parents are stoked because their kids sleep tonight. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They're all like, wow, they really slept. This is, we hear that <laughs> comment a lot. So, yeah, it's really cool. So you're basically throwing a tunnel boogie for kids. Yeah, it's a tunnel boogie for kids. Yeah. And it, re but, and it really works out good. And it's and the younger kids, like I was saying, those younger kids that were kind of like the rock stars on the tunnel, they get to see that generation ahead of them, and they usually leave and get even more stoked. You know what I mean? And get even more excited to learn how to carve and like be able next year. And like we had people that, you know, like I think Naya was one of them where she was like the weak link, not the weak link. I mean, she's a shredder, yeah. but the year before she was like the one that was like, you know like just barely getting through it and then she this year was like the total dominator you know like she like so it's really cool to see like they get it in them they see where they need to go next and then they're like super stoked on it so it, it's really cool to watch one of the things you, uh, you giving them the inspiration to 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 aspire yeah, yeah. all pun intended <laughs> um but also one of my concerns i've had watching this this world of tunnel and young children is I've really gotten concerned, and I, I think it, for me, my first awareness came with Team Future, mm -hmm. and then my second awareness came with your kids, and I really got concerned that are these kids going to get, and I didn't think of it all because I didn't necessarily th think sure. of you guys, but are these kids coming up in tunnel with people, are, are they going to get overwhelmed, pushed down, are they going to get like, man, I hate the tunnel, I hate the tunnel, and I think it's super important that they remember where the fun is. Yeah. For sure. And it's nice to hear that there's people out there who are letting these kids have these outsources of, remember, it's a playground, kids. Remember, this is fun times. This is not just competition. This is not just yeah. training. Yeah, I thought about, I didn't do it this year. I did it the year before, but I even, like, brought the parents in and, <laughs> and been like, guys, like, let's just remember what this is all about as well. I got two times, I was a little busy, but I do have, like, a lot of times when people it's really cool because like sometimes kids will come up to Noah and be like, you know, like, are we going to the Olympics? And Noah will be like, man, you should really just try to have some fun. You know, like, you know, you're saying this. Yeah. Yeah. Like just because yes. like I, I and I one thing I would tell the parents is like, never tell your kids. You're like, come on, man. Like if you want your kids to be in the Olympics, put them in. A sport that's in the Olympics. <laughs> Doesn't that make more sense? Totally. You know what I mean? Like for sure I hope the sport goes to the Olympics, but like as a kid, like 
just let your kid like I've always said the only thing I ever want from tunnel is that my kids know how to work hard to achieve something really good. And then if they want to take that from there, they can do that. But if they want to, they now know the plan. Like I got the plan in snowboarding. I knew I was totally in love with something and that I just did that with skydiving and with my business and whatever. And it's like the kids know how to get to the top of something now. And if it, they continue to do tunnel, that's cool. If they want to do it in basketball or anything else, that's cool as well. Like, just know know how yeah. to do it. Hard work. If he wants to be an accountant. Yeah, for he sure. He knows a path of progress and yep. success. Hard work. That's it. Yeah, you don't have to push your kid to, to be in the Olympics. Just push them to do their best. Yeah. Man, um, Olympics. Do you think the tunnel? Do you think indoor skydiving? Because I don't think skydiving is going to make the Olympics. I think indoor has a chance. This year, okay, so... The French are. This is actually kind of interesting. So the French are in 2024. Is the I, French don't know. I, I don't know when it is. It's it's coming up. So the French are really. They love air, like at 12. You can paraglide. Like the French. If anybody can do it, the French can do it. So yeah, skydiving. 2024. That's right. Okay, 2024. So you know, in skydiving, like if you talk to Kirk Verner, you know, yeah. like he's like, yeah, I remember when they told us we'd be in the Olympics. And I remember in three-way when it was on ESPN and stuff and like, you're going to be in the Olympics. Failed. PST, Jim Slayton tour, right? Like, oh, yeah. let's go into the Olympics. Failed, right? So like, fool me once, shame on me. But I do have to say, if anybody can do it, the French can do it. Be- and I guess as the Olympic uh, host, you can actually choose the events. You know what I mean? Like, th- there's like six categories that they can actually choose. So... Isn't that kind of sad though that they're like they think there's more of a demand to watch old ladies speed walking yeah. than to watch tunnel flying? Sure. Speed walking is an Olympic sport. Do you know no, this? No. Oh my God, it's insane. And there's all this controversy like when they're doing it about like they're watching the high speed high speed replay, seeing if they have <laughs> both feet off the ground because now you're technically not walking anymore. Now you're running. No way. I swear to fucking God, I watched it and my mind was blown. <laughs> and that, that that's in the Olympics. And skydiving, tunnel flying, nope, not yeah. good enough. You've obviously yeah. spent more time watching this than you than you probably should. Well, no, I, I get we super all know the into curling, yeah, but speed. I haven't heard. No, of I that get one. super into like gymnastics and like, I, love I, I, I love watching the Olympics. And then yeah. gymnastics is over, and speed walking comes on, and it's like, yep, this is the world we live in, where my, you know this sport that I, it makes me wonder how does your average person view skydiving or view tunnel flying? Like, what does it look like to them? Yeah. Because to me, it looks like way more of a sport than speed walking. Yeah. But maybe I just don't know enough about speed walking. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we don't know the ins and outs of the speed walking. <laughs> the I know it's a lot of throwing elbows and shaking your ass really funny. Dude, it's some it's booty important. shaking, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the one question I end up having about Olympic, the tunnels, the Olympics in the tunnel. The tunnel in the Olympics. Sure. English. Uh, is yeah, I agree. The French definitely are good at pushing uh, flight in in, in any, uh, no. especially skydiving. But I, w- I sit at the tunnel and I watch an instructor do his demo at the end of 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 of, 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 of thirty minutes. And at that demo, I watch dudes who you and I know are shredding, and we're watching somebody. I'm watching Tex get off in there, and we're blown away. And I watch all the wuffos, and I watch them like, oh, oh. And then I watch the brand new instructor who all he can do is pop up and pop yeah. down, and that's all he and can down. do. Go shit. Uh, and they're like, and ah! it's insane. They so, should just make it easy and just do an up and down competition. <laughs> <laughs> you can go up and down the fastest. Who can come closest to the net, <laughs> yeah. bro? But then I, I, I uh, my wife likes watching certain TV shows, and a show that she got into early on in its time was So You Think You Can Dance. Sure. Which I don't know anything about dancing, I'm an idiot. 
But I'll watch a show with my wife because I like to sit with my wife. Sure. Dude, I started watching the show. People are badass dancers. I'll watch. If you're the greatest basket weaver in the world, I'll probably enjoy watching you do it. Yeah. So I started watching these people dance. I'm like, holy cow. This last Olympics, I watch ice dancing. I watch figure skating with a new mindset of dancing. Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. I'm watching these freestyle, and I, and I wonder about two-way dynamic. I wonder about team events. I think it's that freestyle. What, what's that one girl's name? In, Inca? Yeah. Um, that type of flying, that's, I truly think, got the best shot of our Olympics because people like dancing. Yeah. The freestyle could be, uh, could be the, the way. Yeah. Now, I don't think... <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I really. I'm putting blades of glory. No, I'm putting blades of glory. I was Olymp- thinking blades of glory. I'm putting Olympic speed walking up on the screen, just watching these girls <laughs> shake their asses like crazy. Yeah, Nick. Here, let me, I'll throw it back up here for you for yeah. a second. So, <laughs> if yeah. you're watching on look, Facebook, look at this ass wiggle right here. Look how crazy this is. <laughs> Oh, but they're actually athletes. I thought it was... Uh, <laughs> what? These people are... I don't know. Maybe it's more athletic than it looks. I don't know. But this this shit well, I right thought here, it was going to be like grandmas. You know what I mean? Dude, they're, they're actually... They're, they're fully our... our gra- <laughs> dude, that one girl in the middle, she looks like she's going to break her hips. 227 right there? Yeah, her 227. Her torso is going to break in half right here. Pap! <laughs> yeah, can't do it. Oh, my God, dude. Um. So, and I hope that freestyle and 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 I don't care what they call it, air dancing gets into the Olympics and then it would be neat to see dynamic team really I'd love to see four-way belly four-way FS make it in the Olympics it would be cool yeah, to see I hope that. anything does um but I mean that's the thing that happened like uh with snowboarding right it went to the Olympics and then all of a sudden it opened the doors and all the sponsors got in and then now they can do stuff like Danny Davis Peace Park and like all these offshoot events and like you know, Red Bull can pick up, you know, Supernatural and like all of a sudden, like just because of the fact that it got there, you know, yeah. will it happen? Who knows? Hopefully that door opens. Hopefully uh, these things will happen. And uh, man, if you've got your kids and, and a lot of skydivers have their kids flying. I love what you said. Push them to be their best, but don't push them to be the best. Don't put the pressure of Olympics on them. Number one, it doesn't exist. Don't give them a dream that may never come true. And B, let them pick what that dream is. Just teach them how to be a, a sure. successful person. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think it's, uh, and I think iFly is going to do a good things with the uh, kids program and stuff coming up. I think it's going to be on the priority. It's, it was cool to see all the kids, you know. Get together. It really was. Now you say kids program. I think most iFlies out there do have a kids program regularly. Yeah, they got a flight school, and uh, yeah, I mean it's that it's really enjoyable. Like our kids really like it on Monday nights, just to to hang out with the other kids they've known now for like a year and a half, and, uh-huh. and teach them. And you know, it's 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 fun, and we just try to keep it like really fun. And so that that's cool because I I've, I've watched these kid events go on, and. This whole time it's been adults coaching, adults coaching, and there's nothing wrong with that. But now some of the kids are the coaches. Yeah, and the nice thing is is the slow speed. So, like, with Kaylee and Noah, like, and it's truly, like, I mean, if, if you have an 8-year-old, you can't, like, first, we like, we always teach from slow speed fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, but if, I mean, there's no way I can be in there with an 8-way because my slow speed or eight-year-old, my slow speed is not the kid's slow speed. So basically, yeah. you're not really, when you're flying with them, you're, I feel, you're doing a 
disservice because they should be at 50%. You know what I mean? And it mm-hmm. sometimes Kaylee puts on a suit. I mean, Kaylee only weighs 70 pounds, but sometimes these kids are so young. And if they want to learn back carving, Kaylee will put on a baggy suit. But, you know, like if I get in there and turn it to 70% or 65 where I'm carving around, the kid's, you know, more pinned out and he's not learning the proper technique. So it's uh, it's cool that we've gotten the kids up to the point where they're coaching, you know, the other kids because it's more beneficial for the kids. The future's here. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool to to sit here because, you know, back to it, we've been doing this long enough, you, Nick, and myself skydiving, that we can remember what we used to think was cool. And today we look back and go, that was just the beginning. Yeah, it's grown quite a bit. Right the flying's now. insane now, huh? Yeah. Right now, looking at your kids, looking at these other children, we're just at the beginning, and they're killing it. The new kids, like, it's crazy because the new kids are even, like, even more flippy than, like, my kids. Like, they're <laughs> doing, like, quads now. It's crazy to watch, uh, you know. It's kind of got to get the flying fundamentals. Like, my kids were, like, when they were doing doubles, nobody else was, and then we yeah. had to take step back. Not step backs, but really focus on the flying, you know. And I think all kids just want to go berserk with the tricks, you know, but then you got to focus on the flying a little bit. So yeah. I think I asked you this in Chicago when I was there. That, that your kids can do things in the tunnel that you can't do. Is that true? Oh, for sure. So like, every once in a while, people ask me that. They're like, what are your kids going to get better than you? I'm like, freaking, <laughs> like, seven years ago, man. <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah, like, it's, it's yeah, for sure they so, can do everything. So how, how is it to coach skills that you can't fly? Good. I mean, it's like, I look at it as... I like a basketball coach, right? Like, I don't know. I've just been in it. I've, I've built routines since forever. And it works out really well, huh? Because a lot of times, like, I try to act like, I'm like, we're going to do this. Like, cause just because I know from the history of building two-way routines, like, when you're creating new stuff, like, the fuse flip and stuff, they're like, we can't do it. I'm like, trust me, we can do it. You know? Like, we can do it. But, yeah, I mean, for sure, they're way better, huh? Like, they're way better. It's just, I think... I think with coaching, it's like, like for, here's a perfect example. One of my best coaches was Chris Talbert. <laughs> he didn't even know, he didn't even know the dive pool of the VFS. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was like really good with like breaking stuff down. You know, like I don't think he's ever fl- like he probably flew on his head once or twice. Yeah. But like he was a great coach. You know, like he was an amazing coach because he was exactly what we needed. Those fundamentals. And I think with dynamic flying, there's a lot of fundamentals that go all the way back to FS, you know, and even the jumps. How many times did I say eye contact this weekend? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not from me. That's from, you know, FS guys, you know, yeah, and dynamic contact, flying. Especially when you're launching those belly accordions, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, crushing them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm missing something y'all screwed up this weekend. Uh, yeah. I, I got the shot. Yeah. You got the I've shot. I've actually got a few really good shots of the ones that worked. Uh-huh. And... A really good shot of a couple that didn't. It's amazing how they don't work sometimes. Yeah, I Tex said that he was kicking his legs in a fit of fun. (laughs) I think he was swimming. (laughs) You you call him uh, Brockton? No, I had that thought, but yeah, yeah, maybe in a week he'll own up to it. I'd like to check out some more of that footage. I did get a sneak peek of some of y'all's flying this weekend. It was some good jumps this weekend, man. I really enjoyed it. I real thank you, Cody. It was really good. Come out and uh, shred with you guys. Hey, we have a film festival coming up. Cool. <laughs> what, uh, what what program do you edit with most of your stuff? Are you a Final Cut guy? Every, I, I, that's my go-to, but now I'm... Uh, like, I did Premiere. I did Final Cut. Final Cut 7 was, like, my go-to. That's where I, like, know all of it. You know, like, no thinking. 
and then I went to X and uh, Premiere. I had to do for the red stuff, and that was uh, that was a struggle because I always I never felt home. Yeah, you got to relearn all those keys, right? Yeah, yeah, I never felt home. All of those YouTube videos from Final Cut. I mean, I can't tell you how much I spent as an editor. You know, like, did you ever see? Um, ah, where did I get that from? Do you ever see Aspire? The video, it's a kiteboarding video. No. Yeah. Who asked me that? So, um, Tinley. <laughs> Tinley asked you. <laughs> no. Tinley asked me about some videos or like, you know, and I was like, like basically I just stole everything from snowboard videos. Like, ba- like literally everything, every cool shot in a snowboard video, I tried to do. Dupl- I'm doing it. It's Espe- especially ground footage, like for sure. It's a kite fest. A kite, kite, kite. Um, what was that dude's name? Um, the name of the video was Aspire. And, and it's it, like kite. kite t- if you type in kiteboarding, Aspire. And uh, so, I got you, Aaron uh, Hadlow. Yes, yes. Yeah. So this is a killer. Okay, so if you look at some of those older ones, right? Like I came in Dubai, and as an editor, I'm like, I have to figure out how to do this stuff. And like, if you look at, I think it was, I don't know what it was, Palm 2 or something, but like, I sat there for probably like, I mean, 500 hours trying to break these codes of all the blue screen. And now the funny part is Kaylee can do it on her, uh, her iPhone yeah. in a $2 app. Like it's, in, it's, it's so in, irritating. It's right? so <laughs> irritating. As I was frame by frame, I was like masking out videos of, uh, you know, like to do some of the, you know, sequence shots and stuff like that. And it was just insane that like Kaylee's like, hey, look at this, dad. I'm yeah, you like, draw a little bubble around it, push three <laughs> buttons and it disappears. Oh, right? my God. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't I, even fathom. Makes me never want to. I saw that recently and I'm like, dude, you don't have to. cut. What the? F- yeah, man. People are spoiled today. So you've come out here rat- wrapping this up. I know it's getting late for you guys. And, and thank you again. Uh, no problem. You came out here, our boy Cody Edgeworth, our, our buddy Matt Tinley, they got a hold of you said, hey, we, we want to do some coaching with you. Yeah, or flying. Yeah, flying. Yeah, flying. So they they brought you out here for flying, for coaching. What's going on and what can people do to get you out to where they're at? Um, well, yeah, they just called me up and the times worked out good. So we came out and just ripped. Uh, I did uh, a couple days uh, with just different groups, different skill levels, which mm-hmm. was really enjoyable. And then they, uh, kudos to them. Like, it was super fun. But, I mean, it's like, I think people should do more of that, huh? Like, it just makes sense. It's sure. cheap. Like, in a way, if, like, three guys want to fly, like, do they travel somewhere or do they just bring in one dude? I, I would think it would actually be cheaper than everybody flying. I don't know. Nick, you, me, and Cody buying three air tickets for us and getting a place for three of us to stay. Yeah. Like or let's hotel- bring in Mike. Yeah, like, it seemed to make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we can either put you up a hotel or a comfy guest room at a buddy's Cody's. house. <laughs> Cody's in this case. Cody's awesome. Cuddle buddies. Yeah, exactly. So if you're out there at a drop zone and you're like, man, I really want a chance to coach with some of the best. Man, Mike Wittenberg, his fucking background, his resume speaks for itself. I'm a hypercritical person to a fault sometimes. And I listen to you coach and definitely no doubt in my mind, I love the way you present information. Stop waiting till you can come find guys like Mike. Hit him up. Say, yo, Mike, we want to get some coaching. Fly him out to you. You can get coaching anytime you want at a reasonably affordable rate. Because by myself, flying you out, I don't know if I can afford it. Putting together three or four of my homies and splitting it up, it ain't that bad. 
th- those rates are there, so people can get hit you up. Yeah, yeah. How often do you coach? When are you coaching when it comes to skydiving and organizing? Well, I'm trying to condense that. <laughs> That's like three months a year, <laughs> yeah, right? Like I do want to keep that kind of like Yeah, yeah, but yeah, summer. Yeah, summertime. And I like today or I had um I started off a little late because I had knee surgery and uh but I loved it. Like I like the whole June till October and then shut it down and just so move you, on. You want to skydive and you want to come coach people when the weather is the best in America. Yeah, I I That's think good. I yeah, I'm all in July next year I'm going to be in Europe the whole time I think. But uh yeah, I mean when I'm around, yeah, I mean if, if I'm around and I'm free, yeah, let's go skydive. Late summer most particularly if you want to hit up Mike is, is a good time. Don't be shocked if he's like, "Yo man, I got something with my kid. I got <laughs> this, I got that. There's so much going on in his life." But guys, the best time of the year to skydive is usually the best time that you can get a hold of coaches like Mike and wh- whether it's Mike or whether it's some of these other guys. Hit up the coaches you want to talk to. There's a lot of great guys out yeah, there. there. Cody, is. you guys brought out Kai Kai at some point, I believe. Mr. Pernetto at some point, I believe. I'm positive we're going to see uh, Chaudio, uh, Claudio Cagnasi. Yeah, man. I, we, he jumped here, and he would just chow in the pond, so we called him Chaudio. <laughs> um, just, oh, I, got, I can't wait for him to come back. He's coming on the show. Guys and gals, you can hit up these folks, and you can get coaching in person where you're at. And the best part is, is I watched you customize everything to the crowd you were working. So you're low level and you're like, man, I'm not ready for that. These coaches are going to recognize that and they're going to give you what you're ready for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, man. I, uh, as much as I've enjoyed watching your coaching, getting to talk with you and going to spend time with you, it's been a fucking blast, man. Yeah, it's it's a great, I appreciate you having me on. It's a nice way to uh, cap off the the week. I gotta fly out at five a.m. and uh, tonight. It's, yeah. So who made that, Cody? You son of a you son. <laughs> of a How dare you try and get this man back to his family so efficiently? <laughs> no, but uh, it's been great. It's nice to uh, chat with you guys. Yeah. You guys got a great job, son, man. Dude, like it's really nice. Great people. Like it's amazing. We're blessed. It's cool. Uh, I like the show too. I've seen it a couple times. Dude, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. As we wrap up, anything else you want to share with your friends, your family, our, our, our fans? No, not no. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for having me. It's been been great. Dude, thank you, guys and gals. You'll see Mike Wittenberg on the uh, Gravity Lab fi- uh, Film Festival little sneak preview. You're gonna see that video come out soon. Nick dropped it on me today. It is off the hook. Yeah, Fun. I've already put some of that footage in an edit. So, oh, nice. So Sweet. check it out. Yeah, and thank you, Nick. We appreciate you flying with hey, us. Hey, anytime. I was happy, uh, happy to be invited. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, did you, at some point, as we're closing out, did he talk about the cheeseburger he ate? Dude. That, oh, do you guys want to talk about that cheeseburger? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Roll <laughs> out, roll <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's start. Let's just pause. Yeah, yeah let's, let's pull yeah. back. So, the cheeseburger. All right. <laughs> so, the other day, Francisco comes into the video room, and they're talking about this place called Burger Barn, and I don't know any. I, I don't eat many places like <laughs> around the drop zone because I live in the in the city, and so he's like, "Yeah, Highway Six, Highway Six, yeah, yeah, I've seen right, the place between uh, two eight eight and five twenty one. I've heard the place is great burgers. Uh, <laughs> they were really good. The first, the I mean, this is my only time being there. Yeah, yeah. But Francisco said, "Hey, there's this place that they've got a four pound burger, and you know, and I said, shut the fuck up. That okay. like why? Well, that doesn't exist. And so we started googling it." <laughs> And I see videos of people show the video. Eat, oh God, I 
Let me. Uh, when I first met him, he was a recovering vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, like, <I> was, <laughs> like within like a, like really quick. Yeah, right? like, I was. Well, I was vegan for like nine years and vegetarian <laughs> for a few years before that. If you were and vegan I think for I had nine just, years, just started eating meat w- when I met you. Yeah, and you see what he ate. <laughs> There's no way I it's can put that down. It's ridiculous. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to find <laughs> it here. So I and I he just, ate it, and I like the outcome. I'm mad at that restaurant. I got to yeah. be honest. I'll, now, I'll tell you, Nick is uh, one of the most disciplined people I know in my life. And part of that discipline is he lives healthy, he lives well, he lives smart. Part of that discipline is, I'm going to eat a four-pound burger. <laughs> the motherfucker <laughs> will. I, uh, I have a problem that I will eat as long as there's food in front of me. And we've gone to dinners together, and him and I are always the last two eating, and I can eat a ton of food. I can't keep up with that little powerhouse, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got the the video up right here. Dude, it's insane. Look at that burger. It's insane. It's it's eight patties. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So my strategy was I I took it exactly in half. So I flipped it over, and then I just started eating the patties, right? (laughs) But it's really dry eating just the beef, so I'm dipping it in ketchup. So I had a whole, like, you know the tube of ketchup that sits on the table at a restaurant? I had maybe three quarters of a tube of ketchup too, just to help help get it down. <laughs> and so I didn't know it was a it was a thirty minute ordeal if you want to win Dude. the t shirt, right? L- listen so, to this. <laughs> listen to that. Yeah. So halfway in, like halfway in, I felt really confident. I was imagining this shirt that I was imagining me wearing. It. And like that's I, fifteen that's, minutes. So well, fifteen minutes in. No, the first five minutes I was like, "Fuck this." This is not a great idea. <laughs> 15 minutes when I was, dude, I was doing good. I was having a strong pace. But it was kind of a little bit of a, a contest between Francisco and I because I went with my buddy, you know, and it's like, well, even if I don't win the shirt, all I got to do is beat this guy. The and whole, I've won. To by some the extent, way, the right? whole drop zone, I don't know Francisco, but they were like, there's no way Francisco's eating that. <laughs> like, the whole, like the whole drop zone that day, they were like, they, were, they must not have faith in his eating habits because they were like, Nick can take it down. Well, Francisco's yeah, I mean, anyone that. who's been out to eat with me knows that I eat like a fucking pig. You know, like I, I eat really healthy most of the time. Mm. So that when I want to just blow it out, I don't have to feel bad about it. I just fucking go ape shit, <laughs> eat that burger, right? But uh, yeah, then the guy came up and warned us when we had like six minutes left. So I, I ate everything. I ate all the patties until I only had one patty left. But there's a like it's a, a one patty, shit ton of bacon, and then some some veggies on there too. And I had eaten the fries during the process. And uh, so then I made it just down to one patty. So I built one regular hamburger, and it's like, all right, that's all I have to get through. <laughs> and uh, it was maybe I had the first bite of that burger. I was like, oh fuck yeah, this bread is great this tastes totally <laughs> different than all this beef i've been taking in this is gonna be fine and then maybe five or six bites into that burger man i'd fucking hit the wall and he finished it and he finished I, it and they didn't even get give him a t-shirt because <laughs> of the time limit dude like, when did you cool finish is that dude it was it honestly it was it was 45 minutes maybe <sighs> so after 30 minutes you know you don't it, even it, get a t-shirt it killed my motivation and then dude i i <laughs> I thought I was going to, I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to throw up for a long time. So I sat at the table a little bit. I mean, you should have, like, I had to eat these really small bites to finish it. Really small bites. And I have never looked at food in this way before. Like, it wasn't food anymore. It was just this substance, this stuff that I had to get inside my body, you know? <laughs> and it was fucking awful. It's the most unhappy I've ever been about eating food. So, so I sat there at the table for like 10 minutes. Um, Went to the to the bathroom to some things had moved down. <laughs> you know, I'm having a little 
situation. So I I, uh, I had to shit. That's the easiest way to put it. So And I wasn't sure that, that I wasn't going to throw up while I was in the bathroom. I wasn't sure. But I didn't throw up. I got got myself together, drove home, and then got home. And all I, all I could imagine was laying down on the couch when I got home. That's all I wanted to do was just get home, take my shoes off, lay down on the couch. And when I got there, I was so happy. And the moment that I laid down, the moment that my esophagus was at the same height as my stomach... I was 100% certain I was about to throw up because it started making its way up the tube. So I run into the bathroom and then just didn't puke and felt like shit. And I think we finished eating at like 5 o'clock and I felt like complete garbage until 11.30 at night. When you eat like that, I I have to sleep on a recliner because I can't lay down again. Yeah, I didn't know that. All that ketchup (laughs) will make me vomit. That's a lot of sugar. Ketchup's full of fucking sugar. There was a lot of garbage I ate. Yeah, but I'll, I'm never doing that again with that burger. I'm, I've conquered. I'm checking that one off the list. And anybody who, who wants to beat my time of 45 minutes for that burger, anyone I know, I will gladly go and be a spectator. Nick versus food. If you ever want to have a food eating <laughs> contest, throw it down with Mr. P. And Nick Lot. Guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio Film Festival. Our trailer, our preview, our little sneak peek is coming out soon. Again, one of the fun funnest. Sickest videos I've watched in a long time from Mr. P. He did a dope job. Wednesday this week, Ashley Iacona, female tandem instructor. Girls can do whatever they want in this sport. She's proof that she crushes it. I got to give a shout out to my son, Noah, who just texted me. Noah! He said, have fun on your podcast. So he <laughs> must, must, must have been on there somehow. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Guys, gals. Les garçons. Blue skies. We are out. Yep. <laughs>